All right. All right, Joel Radio's back. Welcome. Welcome to 2022. <laughs> it's Joel Radio. We're back. It's Movie Mania, everybody. You know, I always say, Movie Mania, biggest show that we do, Joel Radio. And uh, here we go. Let's do it. Let's do Lots it. Lots to talk about. I've locked myself away watching movies nonstop. <laughs> we were just talking before the show. <laughs> Jason Filan Morez. Welcome back. Greetings, everybody. Thank you, Joel. The Thank movie you for mania regular now. Absolutely. Yes. I'm, yeah. It's an honor. Thank it's, you. you know, it's a pleasure to have you Thank because, you. you know, we've done these before and it's all, I know you see lots of stuff. They do. Although, here's what happened to me this year. And it kind of happens every year. I think I saw less movies because I was working more. We had no pandemic. Right. So I think the last couple of years, it was a little easier to catch up. And this year, it's <laughs> like, all right, I got 30 minutes. Let's start a movie. Right. Turn it off. Come back to it. I'm home from work. I'm not tired yet. Do another 30 minutes in. It's never ideal, yeah. but sometimes you have to do that. And you sort of, as you were saying, you chip away at it. Chip away at that's it. Your, the, that's the your words, ones. not mine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and believe me, some of these were chipping away. And yeah. I'm going to save you from chipping away, listener, <laughs> I think, with some of these. Uh, but again, here was my goal. It's my goal every year. I'm guessing maybe you didn't reach this, but it's perfectly fine. I try to see every Oscar nominee movie in the major categories okay and by major categories i consider that picture uh, all the acting awards director and documentary came up short on a few of those okay. but I, I i have the gist yeah you know. now the one that i failed at and occasionally you fail and it's almost always this category is documentary mm. because those things like the one that i did not see it's it's something called writing with fire oh cool name um it comes out like the week after the Oscar ceremony on PBS. Okay. So if you were in the know, I guess you could probably get a copy of this. Or so somehow. it is a 2021. That's it's a 2021 thing, yeah. and I guess they're using the Oscars to build rather than showing it before the Oscars because people might be curious about it. PBS sure. holding it back till after the Oscars. I guess hoping it wins. What's the subject matter? It's something about. I think it's about female writers in India. Oh, cool. Like, you know, which sounds okay, and I yeah. certainly watch it because I like documentaries. It's one, of, And in fact, you know, when I go through my best, as always, there's a number of documentaries in my best uh, 15 this year. Sure. But that one I just could not see. I tried it with the PBS website, yeah. you know, and then there's like, there's comments on the website for Writing with Fire, and uh, people are like, can you just show us this before the, you know, people right. like me well, trying to check things off a list. Right. You can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really frustrating. Yeah. It's like, uh, don't make it harder for me to do something that's already difficult. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing that I think Hollywood has finally gotten around to, is most of the stuff is streaming. Worst case scenario, you have to rent these things. Right. Um, like you know, like pay-per-view. Or, yeah, yeah, or Amazon. Uh, um, and I guess you can still go to the theater for a lot of them, but uh, I think as we record this, literally everything we talk about on this show, you can watch at home at this I point. I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't know what your list is, because we don't share. I shared right. some of my list with you, just so... Yeah, I didn't have a hard up. time tracking anything yeah, down at all. Yeah, but it's no. it's relatively easier than ever. A lot of this stuff is streaming uh, just through services, through Netflix, HBO, whatever. Mo- and we'll try to tell you where these things are playing. Too. Most of the bigger releases uh, I will see either the opening weekend or that yeah. Monday. Uh, the smaller things I, I, I prefer to kind of track down and watch yeah. at home. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I saw three movies in a theater in 2021. Oh, really? Is that I it? saw three. And I will tell you that one of them 
is in my top. One of them uh, was, in its own way, one of the worst movies of the year. Okay. And then the other one is just a movie. So, uh, But we'll get to that. You so. didn't see any last year, the year before, or 2020 in the theater, right? Cause it was I maybe didn't go in 2020. Sporadic. Yeah, they I were maybe open. Didn't. They were closed. Well, I think I went before the pandemic in 2020. You know, I went and saw a couple things before March. Oh, right. Yeah, because that was the beginning of it. But then it was closed, and they opened again. Yeah. yeah, I know. It was yeah. hard. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff, even that came out last year... Uh, in 2021 was 2020 movies that they delayed, right? Like Black Widow and stuff like that, right? So we'll, maybe we'll get to those, or like a Nightmare Alley, which I think sure, I, yeah, I maybe might have been delayed. That, yeah, yeah, it might have been delayed. All right, well, let's get into our list here. Do you want to go for that? We usually we kind of trade off. You go one, I do one. Sure. Uh, I guess you're the guest, and I'll let you go. And again, if it's on your list and I mention it. Just say, after I've talked about it, say, oh, yeah, that was my number whatever movie. Fantastic. We'll go from there. But you go ahead. You go first, Jason. Okay. We'll give it to you. We turn it over to Jason. So I had, um, this was a, this was late. I saw this one late. But I think my, my number one movie was actually a documentary. Okay. And that Wait would... a minute. Are you starting at 15 or 1? Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> so I, didn't really, I didn't really do them that way this time, but I can I can. Well, if you want. I mean, I don't really care. If you care about the order, then the order is important. But if it is your favorite movie, let's save that to the end. Okay, let's do that. Yeah. So let me give you. I, again, the order is almost irrelevant because I liked all of these. Okay. I ranked mine by order, but that's just me. Okay. I thought I was being smart by doing it alphabetically <laughs> for some reason. So, so Okay. So I'm just going to start right off. It's something that I just saw recently. Okay. And I told you about on the way in. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed Belfast. Yeah, uh, I just watched that. Uh, beautifully, beautifully shot. It just mm. takes place with the the Catholic Protestant um, conflicts in the uh, late '60s in um, Belfast, and uh, found it strangely uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenneth Branagh directed it. What I really loved about it was not only the story. But the cinematography, every scene of this movie looks like an award-winning photograph. Yeah, you know? it's, black, it's and black and white. It's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, great casting. The children were great. There's a really um, sort of, I guess it's not surprising if you've seen the trailer, but one of the ending scenes is sort of like a dance, sing-along yeah, scene. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's just got about this one family's experience and debating whether or not to leave their home in Belfast for greener pastures and a safer. Mm-hmm. So uh, really, really, um, yeah, for the subject matter, I found it strangely uplifting. You know? Yeah, because you, when you hear, oh, here's a black and white movie that takes place in Belfast during the troubles right. of the 60s, you go, oh, it's going to be full of violence and sad. And while there is violence there is. in the movie, it's not the least bit sad. It is an no. uplifting movie. It's no. a feel good. I mean, it's about, it really follows the kid around. Yeah. And right. the kid is unbelievably He's great. So funny. In this, whoever the kid, Jude Hill, I think his Jude name Hill. is. I'm looking here. Uh, but Jamie Dornan yeah. as his father. Yeah. And uh, the, the actress I didn't know playing the mother, but... I'm going to say it wrong here. Citrona Balfi. Yeah, she was terrific. Yeah, she's great, too. Yeah. Really looks like a, a lady from the 60s. She does. You know, she really captured that. The, my, I really love the, the boy. You know, he tries to act really mature. And then the scene where the mom asks if he wants to move to England, he's like, no, I want to go to Belfast. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he just becomes a yeah, kid again. Yeah. And you kind of forget how scary that must have been and, for him. And uh, the grandparents are nominated for Oscars oh. for this. Judy Dench. Yeah. 
And is it uh, Syrian Hines? Syrian Hines, he's great. Yeah, he's great. He's the, the grandparents were wonderful. Oh. I mean, you could have nominated really the top five cast members in this. I agree um, because they're all really great. And I believe uh, you know Kenneth Branagh directed this. Yeah, and I believe he is the kid. It's sort of based yes. on his life. Yes, uh, which is interesting because we don't. I never think of Kenneth Branagh as Irish. I don't either. I think I, of him as as English as can be. But yeah. it makes sense if he moved at the age of six or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, to London. Yeah. Um, yeah, great movie. I agree. I, I never really made that association. Mm-hmm. I, I love his work. I love him as an actor. I love him as a director. I mean, he, he's directed things like Popcorn Fair, like he yeah. directed the first Thor movie, mm-hmm. which I thought was really good. But I, I like this. I like this a lot. Did and he, uh, yeah. I, I think those, uh, what is it, uh, Murder on the Orient Express and uh, yes. Death, on the, Death Nile, on the Nile, which is coming out soon as him. And yeah. great actor going all the way back to the 90s, oh, yeah. if you find some of his stuff from then. Yeah, he had that uh, really... Tremendous stuff. And does a lot of Shakespeare, too. He did that uh, giant, like, three-hour version of Hamlet like, okay, back yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what that... Remember, remember Shakespeare. We'll yes. get to that. Okay, right um, that great. That's my number four movie. Okay, so I had it very highly rated. I thought it was terrific. Fantastic. And I think you rent Belfast at this point. Am I right about that? Yeah, I, I got it on, a, on Amazon Prime, but it yeah, is a rental. you rent yeah. you rent it at this point, but it's it's worth the money. Yes, sir. Uh, my number fifteen movie, a true. I don't know if yours is a true story, Belfast, but it's an inspired by real events. This is a true story, and this is sort of in a. I think there's a new genre of films that are. Uh, sort of based on reality, but they're kind of trashy, where they almost become like black comedies. Yeah, and I think this pretty much fits that. Although this may be more of a straight biopic, but we'll get to one of those later. But uh, for my number fifteen, I've got Being the Ricardos. Oh yeah, the story yeah, yeah. of Lucy and Ricky Ricardo. Yes, and uh, really well done. Yeah. Um, Aaron Sorkin directed and wrote this, and of course, like most Aaron Sorkin stuff. The the dialogue is unbelievably oh. uh, intense yeah. and, and verbose, but uh, really well done. I thought Nicole Kidman did a great job as Lucy. Such a great, such a great writer. Whenever Aaron Sorkin, I hear his name attached to something, uh, I immediately perk up. Going all the way back to uh, A Few Good Men, which we know is yeah, a stage yeah. play first right. that he wrote, then became a movie. Uh, yeah, really interesting choice. To um, did he direct it as well? I believe yeah, he yeah. directed it because okay. he had made what is it? Was it Lucy's Game, the poker movie? Oh right, yeah. Was that the name of that movie? I I'm think trying so. to remember. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, Javier Bardem, yeah, as uh, Desi Arnaz. Great casting. Yeah. Um, J.K. Simmons is Fred Mertz, whatever that actor's name yeah. is. Yeah. And he, you, you look at him and you kind of go, oh man, that's perfect. Yeah. And I believe he's nominated for it. There, there's a bunch of Oscar nominations for this. I think it's. I think there's a best picture for it. He, he is. Um, Do I have my best picture list? I believe it's nominated for. Belfast is nominated for best yeah. picture. Uh, uh, this one is not nominated for best picture, but there is uh, so, some acting awards in there. Really well done. And again, kind of trashy. Yeah. You know, you see uh, Fred Mertz, that guy drinking. Yeah. And stuff. But, um, you know, it, it's it's fun for the most part. It's not real sad. Apparently, some of the stuff with. Uh, is it uh, the president calls into the set when Lucy's being, you know, uh, inquired about in the Red Scare? Right. Apparently that didn't exactly happen the way okay. that they showed in the movie, but I thought it was very, very well done. So. Sure. That was, uh, I'm glad that they finally, I've been hearing about, you know, that they were going to do a movie about that mm-hmm. for a long time, and I was very excited. I remember, the biggest thing I remember about this movie, it was this outcry about, you know, it should have been Deborah Messing. Yeah, sure, Lucy. it was Deborah Messing. Kate Blanchett, I think, uh, 
was attached to it for a minute. Was she? And she bailed on it. But well, um, I mean, Deborah Messi, just because I mean she has red hair and she's yeah. a comedian. I don't know. Yeah. You, know, you pick the best actress, and Nicole Kidman is certainly sure. You know, and and it's not Lucy. It's not. Lucy being funny the whole time. Exactly. And so, you yeah. know, maybe you would be very limited with the Deborah Messing. Right. And instead you get... Uh, Nicole Kidman can do anything. I mean, she's great. She's one of the all-time... She's great. It's a great movie. She so. is. Yeah, and you get that on Amazon Prime if you want yep. to watch that. So Absolutely. It's free with your Amazon Prime subscription, and it's it's worth a watch, I think, certainly being the Ricardos. All right, Jason. What's next on your list, Jason? Okay, man? so my next movie is a little something called Stillwater... With oh. Matt Damon. I don't know if you saw that. I did. And you know what? I've completely forgot about it. <laughs> oh, boy. It was not on my list at all, but it's a great movie. But go ahead. Yeah, it was, it was a very interesting movie. It's essentially your fish out of water. Mm-hmm. So Matt Damon plays this uh, oil. It's Oklahoma, I think. Oklahoma yeah. oil man. Uh, they imply that he's sort of uh, you know a red state Trump guy. Mm-hmm. And his daughter gets in trouble overseas and... Uh, Middle Eastern country, and he has to go over there and kind of help her out. I saw this movie early in the year, so it's been a while, but yeah. I think you know Matt Damon keeps uh, raising his own bar, and I was really pleased to see him in this, really playing against type or anything that you've seen from him before. Um, the only kind of glitch I had as far as getting invested in the story is that I absolutely hated his daughter. Yeah, I, I mean, that's her. sort of the thing. Well, it's it's based on Amanda Knox, really. Right. I exactly. mean, it's sort of a fictionalized version of that. And we don't we still don't know if Amanda Knox is guilty or not. And you no. sort of and they did they actually did a great Amanda Knox documentary a few years ago on Netflix. Right. If you wanted to watch that. But yes. Yeah, I thought Stillwater was really good. Yeah, it's um, it, it sort of becomes this not only this fish out of water story, but sort of like this detective. Yeah, you know, he's got to hunt down clues, yeah. and and of course, you know, there's the the cultural uh, differences between a guy from Oklahoma who works in an oil. Yeah, rig he's in and, he's in Marseille, France. Is right, is, exactly, yeah. and he's I think he's very uh, he you know, he forms a relationship with that young woman's daughter, and he kind of has a relationship with the woman, and so they kind of show that uh, I don't know. I know Matt Damon when he was doing press for the movie talked about. You know, he you know hung out with some oil people when they were prepping for this movie, and essentially Trump people, as he called them. And he said, like, well, you know, these are these are people too, and this kind of showed a different side. And people got so mad at him, like yeah. Trump people aren't people. He's like, yeah, well, Jesus, yeah. I'm just you know, yeah. It sort of gets a little political, which, a little, you know, but, just a tiny bit there. Yeah. Um, this director is a guy named Tom McCarthy. Who's yes, not uh, the comedian Tom McCarthy, but no, uh, right. But I mean, here's the station agent. Yeah, win win. That's right. a great movie these right are, there. Spotlight, which yeah. I think won the Oscar that year. These are good movies. Uh, real good movies. So yeah. he's a great director, and yeah, that's worth a look. I think I kind of feel like that was one that almost didn't play in theaters. Was it sort of direct to video, or was like the theaters weren't open when that one came out? Right, I did of, see it in the theater. Did you? So okay, it did yeah. have a release right. time. Yeah, yeah, but I, we ended up renting that because did uh, you? Yeah, I remember seeing it. I remember it being warm. So I remember it being summertime. For Stillwater? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was late Sound summer. Sound right. Okay. What did uh, Layla think about it? She liked it as well. Did yeah. she? She thought it was good. I sort of have to... Because well, usually I'm the one that like finds the movies. Sure. And then I have to sell Layla <laughs> on, are we going to watch this one? Are we going to watch that one? And uh, I go, no, it's Matt Damon and Abigail Breslin. And she's yeah. like, okay, I'm in. But didn't, you know. do you agree with me, though, about the... I mean, like, I, I wanted him to leave her there at some point. <sighs> she's so mean. That and- is sort of the uh the paradox of the movie right you know the dad is doing his best for his daughter right what if the daughter's guilty 
maybe right. the dad's doing a bad thing. Is he right. doing a good thing? Is he doing a bad thing? And I don't know. Uh, I don't want to spoil this, but it definitely the movie plays with that. The and I think yeah, like, the ending wow, is interesting. Oh yeah, who knows? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Open. Well, that's a good pick. I forgot about that yeah, one. Right, right I did see it. All right, my number fourteen movie is uh, something uh, that again I think this. I think this, they were expecting this to be an Oscar contender, and I don't think it got nominated in any category for anything, uh, but it's very good. It's called Come On, Come On, Okay. directed by a guy named Mike Mills, I who's, that uh, who's uh, Joaquin Phoenix is the star. Oh, of this. yeah, and basically, I um, he is an uncle, and uh, his uh, little nephew... Uh, he has to go to, I, where does he go? I, I forget where they live. Again, it's been a while since I saw it. Yeah, right. I saw it very, I saw it last November or something. Right. So, um, but basically, uh, his sister, the, the mother of this kid, okay. um, has, is having mental issues. Okay. And so he decides he's going to take the nephew away from her for a little bit. Okay. I think they made, they lock her up something to that degree. But uh, and he's a photographer, and he sort of takes him on his adventures as a photographer. Cool. And he's not a, you know he's not a he's not really a family man. He doesn't really like kids or anything. Uh, so you sort of have this weird sort of the cool uncle and the kid traveling around together. Sure. And black and white, another black and white movie. Yeah, I just see that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of the stuff, uh, it's really, really moving. Um, a lot of the stuff, you know, for me, um, as the son of a mother who had mental issues and was hospitalized for a lot of my youth, right. um, I could definitely relate to this movie yeah. uh, in a way that, that maybe not everyone does. But it's really well done. Joaquin Phoenix is a very, has a very good job in this. It's a nice measured uh, performance. It's certainly not... Uh, you know the Joker. Uh. Right. <laughs> he does so much good work. Yeah, uh, so much stuff. So many movies that people don't even really know about. Like yeah. uh, a few years ago, he did that. Uh, you were never really here. Yeah, and it was another kind of yeah. small revenge type of movie. And it's so. uh, you know it's 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 not a big giant movie, right. and and it's certainly a thing that you think might have been uh, nominated for something, but I don't think it did. But uh, no acting or anything. I don't think so. Uh, you know, and Mike Mills has made a bunch of good movies in the past. I'll first, tell you what. I'll yeah. tell you what Mike Mills made because uh, uh, Beginners was really great. Did you see Beginners? Beginners. You and no. McGregor. I see uh, most of his movies. Yeah, I think it I was you and McGregor, and his dad is Christopher. Is played by Christopher Plummer, and oh, wow. at the age of seventy-five, the dad comes out as gay. Oh, right. And you and McGregor has to. Yeah, it's very well done. Uh, that's a great movie too. So yeah, come on, come on. A little movie that I think a lot of people. Uh, Kind of forgot about, but it was very good. So. Fantastic. All right, Jason, give us your next one. So this was a uh, a documentary, not the one I mentioned before, okay. but I watched this uh, a few days ago with my lovely wife, Amanda, and we were absolutely blown away by the rescue. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you that don't know, this is an incident. Uh, and to be honest with you, I somehow missed this in the world. I don't remember this ever <laughs> this happening. This was the biggest story in the world for however long those I know. kids. The kids, the soccer team is trapped in yeah. a cave. And in Thailand. In Thailand, like, uh, yeah. Thai soccer team. Mm-hmm. And they were essentially, they weren't, it's not like they were cave diving. They were just out playing and the floods came in yeah. and they got trapped. So the movie is about, it's kind of told them from the perspective of this group of British cave divers mm-hmm. who are called in to assist in the rescue. And this is a really, I guess, uplifting, but also, boy, if you are afraid of, like, tight spaces or cramp, obviously some of the scenes they had to recreate 
because they yeah. weren't like, hey, let's film this. Mm-hmm. But some of it was filmed. But yeah, there's it's a mixture of recreation and yeah. uh, and sort of footage uh, done at the time. So and it's really incredible. If I won't spoil it for anybody, but you know, obviously, if you know the story, the boys get out, but. The, the way that they get them out is so just something I never would have even thought of and something that is very, very risky, yeah. but obviously a lot less risky than leaving them. I don't know, Joel, when you were watching this, like mm-hmm. I was really taken back by the, they actually have the footage of the first time when they found the kids, yeah. and it's kind of heartbreaking yeah. because they look so emaciated yeah. and just... But I, what I couldn't get over is how there's still there's life in their eyes, mm-hmm. and they're smiling, and yeah. they're laughing, and... It just kind of shows you, as corny as it sounds, but like that human spirit was yeah. still alive behind. And, and kids don't worry as much. You know, I you always not. see that in times of uh, of of high stress or you know life and death situations, yeah. where the kids usually are the ones that uh, you know are sometimes the most tempered and yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But great movie, yeah, absolutely, absolutely incredible. Yeah, I had the rescue at number two on my list of the whole year. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, it's very, very. It was the best document. Now these fucking Oscar people. Let's talk about those <laughs> shitheads right now. Yeah, no uh, nomination for best documentary. Now I get that a lot of this movie is uh, footage. You know, it was recreations. Right. I get that. I understand that. But for God's sakes, what's a better story than this? It's the most uh, amazing story. Uh, it's not a situation where you would have been like, hey, let's bring in the high-def cameras and film this. Yeah. The the crucial thing was getting those kids out. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of real footage in it. Yeah, there is. <laughs> it's it's and, and all the interviews done with yeah. the rescuers and stuff. And all the stuff outside uh, the cave. Uh, That's all real. This is the directors that did Free Solo from a yes. few years ago, which won Best Documentary. Right. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, you can get this on Disney+. Plus. Yes. So if you're wanting to watch this one, it, it, watched it. it's Disney Plus and you get the rescue. And I mean, it I mean, huh. I just want to say real quick, a quick plug for Disney Plus. I mean, I got it originally just to watch like Boba Fett and the yeah, Mandalorian. Yeah. But they really have some great. They, they do. The whole National Geographic. Yeah. There's stuff on there that you forgot about or didn't right. know about. And if you're a Star Wars fan, they have everything. So it's, yeah. it's a blast. It's, it, it really is good. And I, again, the Star Wars series have been, been very good, I yeah. thought, to this point. Yeah. I thought the Marvel series have been kind of hit and miss. But, yeah. um, you but, know, every Marvel movie, every Star Wars movie, I mean, it's it's pretty great. It's a real goal. It's yeah. very ambitious is what I think. Yeah. It can extend the stories sure. in long form, which I think is so and, cool. And, uh, I mean, recently they've added stuff, uh, you know, like West Side Story, I think, is right. on there now. Yeah. Free Guy, which was kind of a fun movie, Free Guy. is on there now. They and, also uh, put on, they took the, uh, if you remember the the Daredevil from Netflix. They've taken oh, okay. those and put them on yeah, Disney they, Plus Yeah, now, that's cool, too. Which is crazy, because Daredevil's super yeah. violent. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, uh, Disney Plus is good, and The yeah. Rescue, boy, if you pick one movie to watch, yeah. oh. you will not be disappointed if no. you watch The Rescue, and I feel like it's kind of flown under the radar. It yeah. just was not... Because uh, I remember when this thing was coming out. Well, a couple trivia notes on this one. Uh, the the actual boys yeah. have signed their... Uh, they've signed a deal. Because remember, the boys are not interviewed in this, which is no. weird. Yeah. Or the coaches or any of the people that were trapped. They signed their rights away to a production company that has a deal with Netflix. Oh, so Netflix is going to produce a series based on the same story. Really, and then this story was the deal made with the divers, oh. which is why you kind of go, well, why can't we hear from these kids and nowadays and what they're doing now? About, yeah. uh, it's because they didn't have the rights to interview them 
Um, while they can show that footage and they can recreate it, they actually can't do a contemporary interview with any of the people that were rescued. Because just as we were finishing, yeah. I told my wife, I, boy, I really would love to hear yeah. what these kids have. They showed them in the hospital on the uh-huh. waving, but that's it. That's all you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I guess we'll hear more about this story, but it's going to be hard to top this. Oh, it's... I mean, I it, it really they, is. If it, I were it, Netflix, I'd be like, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, maybe we cancel this. And, yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> just, but you said it would probably be a series, though? If I we, think they're going to do a scripted series oh, version scripted. of it. Okay, you know, well, so... That could be cool. Eh, yeah, it could yeah. be cool. Uh, let's talk about my next movie. So I'm at uh, 13 here. Another documentary. Yep. This one is nominated for Best Documentary, and it, it's real good. It's called Summer of Soul. Yes, sir. Or How the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. Yes, sir. Based upon a music festival in Harlem that took place in, the 19, in 1969. So yes. same summer of Woodstock. Yep. And then the movie tries to make this point of, here's all these great stars. Hundreds of thousands of people watch this thing. And everyone talks about Woodstock. No one talks about this. Let's make this movie. Now, one thing you got to know is that this music festival kind of took place over a bunch of weeks. Okay. It wasn't like three days like Woodstock. This was like every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You kind of pick up on that. For you six really weeks. Closely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah. wasn't one weekend of it. But just the performances, unbelievable. The oh. footage, I guess they shot this for television. Right. And it never came out. Nobody wanted to deal with it. And so, yeah, what they did is they took that television footage, made it look amazing. It's like really, oh. really. I mean, it does. You can tell it's television footage, but the colors and everything, oh. it's really amazing looking. And then they got a lot of the acts that are still around uh, to do interviews talking about, um, you know, uh, who's in it. And boy, I mean, some great people. Uh, I mean, let me just give you a couple names here. B.B. Uh, King, The Fifth Dimension, The oh. Staple Singers, uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Sly and the Family Stone, Nina Simone, Stevie Wonder's in there, uh, David Ruffin from The Temptations is in there. Oh, he's great. Uh, I know I'm forgetting some, but that's, uh, yeah, that was the official soundtrack. Unbelievable footage, really great. You know, just watching everybody have fun. They talked to a lot of people that uh, attended this festival. Right. And uh, that's really interesting to see, you know, because they're saying, hey, look, all these black people, hundreds of thousands of black people yeah. in Harlem. Yeah. Not causing any trouble right. at all. Right. Everybody having a great time. Peaceful. Yeah. Incredible music. I mean, Stevie Wonder plays the drums at one point. Yeah. It's on fucking believable. It's so great. I would say um, that would, if I had to rank it, that'd probably be my number one. I. Oh, really? Yeah. That's that's what you're that was the one. <laughs> that was the one. That's fine. That's OK. Well, it's hey. fine. It's. It, I was absolutely blown mm-hmm. away by this. The same as you. Yeah. Uh, I really like you hear from like Marilyn McCoo and you hear mm-hmm. from, you know, um, gosh, uh, the people from Sly and the Family Stone. I think the drummer was yeah. there. And now I always knew Sly and the Family Stone. But after I saw this movie, I did a deep dive. What a what a fucking yeah. band, yeah. man. I, and Sly and the Family Stone also at Woodstock. Yes, that's true. You know, I don't know how many of those acts were at both, but I know Sly was. And, uh, they were uh, yeah. just they, and incredible. And I was really... Uh, you know, I think too. It, it's a great. Uh, it's great about music. I think that's also a cultural milestone. If you remember mm-hmm. that that these took place when we first put a man on the moon, yeah. And they do a section where they're going around asking all these uh, black folks mm-hmm. what they think about that. And it's, most of them are like, "Oh, that's cool," but this is our man on the moon. Yeah. And yeah. some of them are like, well, "Who cares about the fucking man on the moon?" Yeah. Uh, there's people starving or whatever. But yeah, and that's the cool thing too. It's like 
it's um, it's a group, gigantic group of people enjoying themselves. The part that you said about it taking place over a series of weeks, if you listen closely, you kind of pick up on yeah. that because they never definitively say mm-hmm. it was here, here, and here. But, oh, man, I, it's just complete. Gladys Knight and the Pips, I think, were probably a highlight in Sly and the Family. Yeah, so yeah. If you get a chance, I mean this. I mean, it, 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 see this movie. Because you're seeing these acts kind of at the height of their yeah. powers in a way. Yeah. And everyone's, you know, now you see some of these acts and they're, you know, nostalgia acts, essentially. Sure, sure. And they might still be good, but here you're seeing them Ugh. when they were hot, when, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, the, the racial and cultural, you know, uh, implications. I mean, even Marilyn McCoo in The Fifth Dimension, when she's talking about, you know, we were seen as, uh, you know, people thought, uh, you know, let the sunshine in and whatever, the Age of Aquarius, Age of that Aquarius, song. yeah. Uh, that that was white people singing that song. Right. That people would hear it on the radio was from Hair, right. which is all white people, I think, for the most and part. They talk right? And they about going to yeah. see it. Yeah. And then they made a hit out of it. And you say, no, we're black people. And we went up to the black people when they were thinking that we were sellouts or we were white. And they rocked it. And you see it in the movie. It's great. They, yeah, they mentioned that because they don't really fit in the category mm-hmm. of like how they would say like soul music or black yeah. music. Yeah. It's that but it kind of has like a hippie twist, sort mm-hmm. of like Sly and the Family Stone, yeah. who are like for, strangely almost kind well, of psychedelic, that, too. That song, when you think about it, is so uh, connected to the 60s. Which song? Uh, yeah. Age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius, you know, Aquarius yeah. The oh, yeah. Yeah, it that's is. just, it's so associated oh. with it that you don't think it's black people singing it. No, you know, you, you why really would know. you? Yeah, there's no yeah. association It's there. really wonderful, though. Yeah. It's oh, great. Top notch. Really good. And in fact, you know, they've been, uh, you can see this one on Hulu. Uh, they've been pushing this hard. I think ABC aired this a couple Sundays ago. Really? Yeah, because after, since it's got nominated for the Academy Award, ABC put it on in prime time on a Sunday night. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, they did. It was one night. I think it was a Sunday night where they said, we're going to bring back Movie of the Week, and it's Summer of Soul, oh, and watch that, that's this. that's so old school. Yeah, movie it, of the it's week. cool, though. Um, fantastic. Yeah, great yeah. movie, though. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. Summer of Soul. And that was high on my... Where is that on my list? Oh, that was my, that was my pick. Yeah, okay. All right, Jason. Then I guess you owe us one, right? Uh, yes. A number 12. So uh, I really enjoyed, and this came out early in the year. Mm. Uh, maybe, maybe it was the summer. Um, a movie called Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Ooh, okay. It's essentially like uh, an older guy's John Wick, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's not the most original story. It's somewhat derivative, but boy... You know, stepping out of Better Call. We know Bob Odenkirk is a comedian, has been Mm -hmm. doing great stuff for such a long time. But it's a really, I don't know, I would say fun. I mean, you know, we're at a time right now in our culture where I start to wonder sometimes, is it really fun just bullets flying around, people getting blasted? But, you know, it's the good guys killing the bad guys, so I guess we forgive that. But there's some really fun moments in this Mm -hmm. movie and some really good... uh, Christopher Lloyd is in it. As, okay. Uh, I, now, this dead. I haven't seen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just a, just a crazy action. It's one of those deals, too, where it's like, you know, perfect perfect setup for a scene. There's some you know some punks on a bus harassing a young woman. In your mind, you're like, motherfuckers. You know, I wish mm-hmm. somebody just bash these guys' face in. And here comes here comes old Bob Odenkirk, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and he, he looks the part, too. It doesn't look like, come on, that guy couldn't. Yeah. But he really does, you know, great stuff. Is it, is it a modern day falling down? Not no, no because no. he's not like going out and angry at the world. He's okay. pretty much his mind in his own business. Yeah. Trouble comes to him. Interesting. A lot of yeah. a lot of bullets. Yeah. I've not seen this. It's on HBO Max. I know yeah. that because it's in my 
queue of things to watch. It's fun. And I just didn't get to it. But yeah, yeah everyone says this is great. So, Good stuff, uh, yeah. I should check that out. Sure. Let me give you my number 12. I believe we might have talked about this okay. uh, the last time we got together. Uh, but this is called uh, Last Night in Soho. Yes. The Edgar Wright film. Yes. Uh, sort of the time travel uh, twist uh, picture. Haven't gotten to it yet. But Haven't yeah. gotten to it Very yet. Yeah, it's really good. It, yeah. uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Edgar Wright has made so much great sort of interesting stuff from Scott Pilgrim yeah. to all those movies with uh, the two guys, Simon uh, Pegg. Uh, so, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and all those movies are real good. And this one's a little bit different, but it also has his, you know, he is definitely known as a geek yeah, oh, for director. Sure. He's like geek, an iconic uh, geek you director. Know. So if you're a fanboy, uh, you're going to really enjoy, you know, I, but I think there's enough geeky stuff in here to really make you enjoy it. Uh, 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 Tom, Thomason McKenzie is uh, sort of the lead actress in this. Uh, and she's been in a bunch of other stuff this year. I'm trying to think of the other one that I saw. It's it's going to be on my list because it was good. Anyway, she's been in a bunch of stuff uh, that that's really good. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy, she's uh, getting a lot she's, of run right now. She is uh, sort of as she travels into the past, the manifestation of herself is Anya Taylor Joy. Okay, so it's a girl in present day that ends up in swinging sixties London. I was where it, she meets Matt, Matt Smith. Smith. I was going to say, yeah, yeah who I like who, a lot. Who plays this dashing gentleman yeah. at the bar? Yeah. and there's twist to it and the whole thing. And you know, I think I figure, and, and there's even you know horror elements in this film as well. I will tell you that I figured the twist out. Did you? I did, and I told uh, my girlfriend what it was going to be. And you felt pretty good about and yourself, I, didn't I you? I did, <laughs> except for I felt like I ruined it for her. So that's <laughs> uh, very rare that I can guess a twist, I, and I, uh, I love being yeah, surprised. And, and you know, sometimes you don't even try to guess because you want to be surprised. Exactly. By it. Uh, but it's very well done. I think. Uh, I think it's you know. I would just describe this as a fun night at the movies. Yeah. Whether you're at home or what whatever, it, what I think you like. got to rent this one at this point. But yeah, uh, it's uh, it is very well done. Beautiful movie. I mean, as Edgar Wright, you know, uh, always makes really stunning uh, visual uh, motion pictures. This one is no slouch. And I've got an, a real affection for Soho. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in Soho Did in you? London. Yeah. I stayed at uh, uh, a youth hostel okay. right in Soho uh, when I was a younger man. Okay. And went to a lot of these bars, some of these that they show in here. And it's like, oh, I've been there. Sounds like I don't a know great if I was time. there there. But, yeah. Uh, you know. Sounds like a great time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Last night in Soho. Definitely check it out. If, if you're a big fan of Edgar Wright, it's a can't miss. And, um, you know, even if you just like a cool movie, that is fun. And it is a popcorn movie. Sure. Don't think that this is going to bum you out or you won't have fun okay. during it. I was wondering you, about You'll that. have fun. It has some scary elements to it. But it, it all, at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's memorable. A couple of side notes on this. You mentioned Edgar Wright. He was, uh, I don't know how many people know this, he was originally supposed to direct Ant-Man uh, for oh, okay, Marvel. Yeah. And then before they... Replacement with Peyton Reed, and I, I always thought that I would would have loved to have seen that movie because I thought the Ant Man they did was serviceable, but kind of uh, same old, same old. So I thought, yeah. really thought it would be cool to see what yeah, you would have done I mean, with that. I think sometimes directors that have a very strong vision maybe don't work well with Marvel because yeah. it is so much of it is based on 
we've got this production. Uh, exactly. You know, the production is sort of set in stone. You've got to hit these story beats because they tie into all these other things. Right, right. And so if you're an Edgar Wright and you want to kind of do your own thing, maybe you don't fit into that Marvel mode. It's kind of, um, you know, it's hard to maybe put your own stamp on something. Although, like Taika Waititi did a good job with, uh, you know, Thor Ragnarok. And he's I thought. directing the next Thor Okay, as well. yeah. I mean, yeah, so, yeah, he's got a really neat visual style, too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's Last Night in Soho. I think you're... You're going to give me a number 11 here, Jason. Yeah, so I had uh, a movie called The Night House. I don't know if you saw this. did not see The Night House. With uh, Rebecca Hall, who I think is really great and underrated. It's it's essentially, I mean, it's billed as a horror movie. It's probably more like a psychological thriller and a meditation on grief. I remember a few years ago a movie that came out called The Babadook, and everyone talked about that being this metaphor for depression and mental illness. Mm -hmm. Well, this is definitely a metaphor for this woman's grief after her husband dies. So uh, to tell you too much more, we'd be giving a lot okay. away. Just know that it's a really strong performance by Rebecca Hall. It deals with, you know, losing her husband who dies. And then sort of like, uh, you know, not, not your usual sort of jump scares and, oh, there's something in the house, but uh, twisty and there's another house and is it the same house and kind of a mind bender. But definitely what was... P- probably could have been an average movie was elevated by rebecca hall who i think is just incredible yeah i've not i'm I'm reading about it right now on wikipedia now apparently this is another movie that didn't come out it was supposed to come out in 2020 because it premiered at sundance in january of 2020 it It was ultimately released in theaters on august 20th 2021 i think i saw it a long goddamn time really is yeah to wait but uh has a really nice uh what is the rotten tomatoes on 87 percent? that's nice that's really good yeah yeah i've not seen it you know layla is is definitely not a fan of horror movies okay so it's hard for me if we're gonna watch something together it's hard for me to watch something like the like last night and so she actually enjoyed even though it had scary elements to it um so a lot of times i'm really behind uh the times when it comes to horror <laughs> stuff like midsommar came out a few years ago i have never seen that and i really liked it but i had to watch that by myself oh, because i had to wait okay lately going to bed okay i'll see you in the morning goodbye and then midsommar you know isn't that like three in the morning jacked up like <laughs> culty like it is it, it, wicker manish it's type of stuff. Uh, basically a girl goes on a vacation and she ends up in it's kind of a weird cult thing and it did uh, it, it uh me good yeah i mean yeah. it's it's a cool movie it's it's um i think it was on my list a few years ago so i don't know I still have to get to but that. again it, it is it does creep you out and you know midsummer is one of those horror movies and maybe it's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing uh, and maybe this would have been a better thing to see in the theater. I, I saw it at home. I think Amazon Prime had it for nothing at the time. Maybe they still do. Where you just go, I want to turn this off. Yeah. I'm just creeped out. I want to turn this off. So if you go to the theater, <sighs> you're, you're, you know, maybe it's way more uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but watching it at home, uh, it's good. But anyway, let's, let's talk about uh, this year's movies. You gave us an 11. I owe you my 11. Oh, another documentary. It's a good one, too. This is called... Brian Wilson, The Long Promised Road. Okay. Which, uh, you know, it's a documentary about Brian, Brian Wilson, Wilson from the Beach Boys. Right. And if you don't know, Brian Wilson struggled with mental illness and depression and the whole thing. Um, one of the great things about this is, um, is the bulk of the movie is Brian Wilson being driven around by a fella uh, named Jason Fine, who's a writer and editor at Rolling Stone. Right. And they're in a car. 
and Jason, and they're driving to all of these places that were important to the Beach Boys and to Brian Wilson, including, you know, the block that they grew up on and, you know, various places, uh, you know, uh, former homes that Brian lived in. Right. And them sort of telling the story of the Beach Boys that way. And it was very effective because Brian gets incredibly emotional. I bet. In this motion picture. And, and again, it does do the thing where, hey, we're going to interview all these rock stars about what the Beach Boys meant to them, yeah. including, you know, Springsteen's in there, and, and that's good for me. Cause I like sure. It. And it does all that. But really, the thing is, you know, he talks about his brothers uh, who died, who died young. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Carl and Dennis died young, and uh, he's very affected by that. And in a way, you go, hey, boy, if this guy wasn't a famous guy, just a guy talking about how he lost his brothers young. Yeah. And uh, it would have would have moved you, yeah. And so it's really great. I mean, because you, you sort of see Brian Wilson; he's kind of a, even now, like when he does a concert, it's sort of like there's 23 guys on stage. Right. They put Brian behind the piano, right. right? He's singing some of it to prop him up. He's got 10 guys behind him singing the same shit. So yeah. it's it's very much you know a thing where he he is not what he used to be. It's the same um, with uh, Jeff Lynn when I went to see ELO. Okay. Yeah. Like and Jeff Lynn. 38 people oh, up there. You know who's the king of that is George Clinton. Oh, God. If you go see the, George the Clinton Parliament, because I introduced them at the Gathering of the Juggalos. Oh, did you? And I got to spend uh, a bunch of time with uh, uh, George's daughter, who's like the road manager. Cool. And I hung out with this guy, and, and uh, we were having a great time just hanging. I was one of the singers in uh, Parliament Funkadelic. Oh, nice. And I said, well, what's your, what, do you, what do you do with the band? And he goes, uh, he goes, I'm George's second voice. Oh, okay. Meaning he's singing, singing the same. He's singing when uh, George sings. Okay. And if George can't sing, he'll sing. He'll sing, yeah. And, you know, he's on stage, but, you know, that's kind of... And, you know, I, apparently Ozzy Osbourne does that, too. Oh, yeah. There's a guy, he might be off stage. Like, I've actually seen that, too, with, with bands. Well, it's sort I've of seen. like then the person is like the figurehead. Yeah. Everybody wants to see yeah. that, and they're seeing music. They don't but, really care about the detail. And if they can't hit the notes, some other guy will hit the notes. But anyway, Brian sort of does that now, and it's a little sad, but he's still touring. He's still doing his thing. Um, you know, look, the Beach Boys were an incredible act. Yeah. You see tons of great footage of the Beach Boys coming up, and, uh, you know, it's a great story, And but really just the emotional... Uh, because I've all I've seen a lot. There's been tons of Beach Boy stuff done over the years. Right. You never see Brian like this. Okay. Uh, you know the guy who's driving around this writer. Uh, I guess it ended. You know has written about him over the years, and so they're pretty close. So I think he opens up more than he might in a traditional. So you know you're going to interview somebody for a movie. You sit him down in a hotel suite and you point about a bunch of lights on him. Here they're just sitting in a car yeah. and it's a GoPro. Right. And Brian's crying, talking about it's his pretty, dead brothers, cool. and it, it hits your heart. It they, hits your heart. Do yeah, they? I know that Brian Wilson tours and the Beach Boys tour, but mm-hmm. they, they don't ever come <sighs> out. Right? Boy, I might get this wrong. They did a Beach Boys tour a few years That's ago. That's what I thought. Where it was everybody, and they were all together. Yeah. Basically, if you go see the Beach Boys, you're seeing uh, okay, Mike Love yeah. and uh, uh, the guy who filled in, uh, Bruce Johnston. Is Stamos on there? No? Uh, I'm not, I wonder where Stamos comes down. Yeah, I think Stamos might be with Bruce and Mike at this point. Okay. But if you see Brian Wilson, you see Brian Wilson, and he's got Al Jardine, right. who was one of the original Beach Boys, the guy who played the little short blonde guy. Oh, yeah. Al Jardine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, you can go out and see these two Beach Boys as Brian Wilson and his orchestra 
with Al Jardine, or you could go out and see the Beach Boys, which is Mike Love, who was the lead singer on a lot of that stuff, and Bruce Johnson. Or, but you can't see them all together. They don't like each other. It's. I still think <laughs> I, that's so weird. So many bands like it. It's actually yeah. reminds me of like how nostalgia for that era just mm-hmm. rules. Over the summer, yeah. we did a. Uh, Somebody that we both know, Jason Giller, and we put they yeah. put together a we did stand up at the Dream Cruise, and it okay. was all about sort of like kindly riffing on this like this sha na na world that these people inhabit. It was a lot baby a lot boomer of fun. nostalgia. Yeah, we had a good time yeah. with it. But real quick about the Beach Boys, I still don't. The, a couple of years ago, they did a really fine movie. They I forget who directed it mm. about you know like a, the the. the a movie movie about Brian Wilson. And yeah. Paul Dano played. Yeah. And I don't understand how Paul Dano grows up to be John Cusack. That just doesn't... I'm like, <laughs> what? I was just like, wait, what? You know, I never saw... I heard that movie was good. I never saw I it. too. But... Um, like Paul Dano's good enough. Just let him... Let him play an older guy. And, and, but they didn't uh, even look... Teenage, any, Cusack yeah. doesn't look like Dano or Brian Wilson. Huh. And then when, you know, I'd have to see it. And he just plays John Cusack. It's like, <laughs> uh, gross point blankers. It's so well, weird. Well, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, Cusack, uh, not Mr. Range, let's say. But no. a, a great actor, but you know, not known for his range. Put him in the right thing. He's great. Okay. All right, well, Jason, I think you owe us one here. It's your number 10. Okay, so I put, and this I think will go, not that it was a perfect movie, but on pure ambition, Yeah, was Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, okay. I mean, I thought, you know, if you don't if you don't know the story, it was very tragic. Zack Snyder, who did Batman versus Superman, wasn't not everybody loved that mm-hmm. movie, but it was sort of his take on these godlike heroes. Then he was supposed to do like a series of, of movies, some of the Justice League and so on. But what happened is Zack Snyder's daughter committed suicide tragically. Mm-hmm. So then they brought in Joss Whedon, who's as cancelled as cancelled can be right now yeah. as far as cancel culture. He directed a real shitty version of Justice League. So this was like the fans rallied to Warner Brothers. Could you please yeah, yeah. put together well, the Zack Snyder Because version? they started HBO Max and they went like, what a perfect place to put this. Perfect. Because you don't have to watch it in one sitting. You exactly. can actually make a movie that's... It's two hours. It's 242 minutes. minutes. It's, it's huge. So right. I don't know. What, what is that? That's four hours, right? Four hours and two minutes. 60, yeah. Yeah. It's four hours and two minutes. I took, uh, my friend and I took a, a Saturday and, and watched it. And you watched it in the theater? I, we watched it at my house. Oh, at your house, and yeah. It was, uh, maybe, did this play in the theater? I think it had like maybe a couple yeah, days yeah. that it was in the theater. And it's not, it's not perfect. I'm not even sure it's great. But on the, just the pure ambition and the love mm-hmm. that he poured into this, there's some really cool stuff and it's some really cool visuals. The problem, though, you know, whether you love the Marvel movies or not, and I'm t- you know, back and forth on them, at least they have a plan and a continuity. Yeah. With DC, they sort of like messed everything up because yeah. now is the shitty version canon or is the good version? Because different things happen. Well, who's Batman? You know, who's they, they, Batman, you know, yeah. you got multiple Batmans you running ben around. Affleck, and then you've got multiple Jokers. Jokers. And then, you so know, now you have he shows up in this one. I won't tell you which one, but if you watch, oh yeah, yeah, there is a right. there is a Joker a in this. Scene. Yeah, so. and there's a great scene between him and Ben Affleck. Yeah, and I really like Ben Affleck as Batman, and now. They're doing a Flash movie, and the point of the Flash movie is to like reboot the whole thing. It's yeah. like just cut your losses. Yeah, I saw this having never seen the original Justice League. Okay, when that came out, everyone said that sucked. Oh, it was so bad, and a lot of people hated uh, Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. I thought that was okay. I, liked I didn't it. really have a problem with that. I liked it, uh, but this was coming on the heels of that, and nobody liked the. Uh, you know, when this came out, everyone panned it. Um, I have watched YouTube videos where they compared the two versions of Justice League. Yeah. And yeah, the improvements are really great. Yeah. Um, you know, and just for them to even go back.
back and spend the money on some of the effects and things that kind of were either half-baked or just could use some improvement. I mean, I think the idea was when they made the original Justice League, they were making a movie that was safe for kids to watch. Sure. And they weren't making something that was really dark. Battle this of movie's the Super dark. Friends. Yeah, yeah. This is a dark, it's a dark film. It really and, is. Um, you know, we, I think me and Layla watched this over a couple of days. Yeah. And I think they literally have... Is it chapter one, chapter two, they chapter do. three? They do. So you can literally go, okay, it's chapter one's over, boom, turn it off, come back to it. There's a black and white version, too, which I'm mm-hmm. all for black and white versions, yeah. but I don't know how that really, for this movie, really yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, I heard, what else is coming out with a black and white version? I heard that, Well, too. Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley, yeah, 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 but anyway. But yeah, so. I have an affinity, uh, last thing on this, about for Zack Snyder. When they filmed Batman vs. Superman... There's that really great scene where it's supposed to be post-apocalyptic Earth and, and Batman fights mm-hmm. in like this desert. They filmed that in my hometown of Oxford at a gravel oh. pit. And I and I know some people that interacted with Affleck and yeah. Zach and just said yeah, the greatest okay. people. So I was really sad about his daughter. So I hope yeah. you know, he heals somehow. Yeah. I mean, Zack Snyder is a guy that's actually made. Uh, I mean, I love Watchmen. I oh, think Watchmen is one of the great comic book movies they've ever made. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I love it. I watched the extended version, <laughs> the Blu-ray and the whole thing. Yep. Um, I, in some ways, I get where like people don't like him, and I understand that. Uh, I understand he's kind of he's got a little Michael Bay in him, he and does. some people uh, don't really dig that. Everything's grandiose. Yeah, this it is. is uh, but this is good. I mean, I think I think it's definitely uh, an improvement to what they would have done or what they did do with with this. And I think for a lot of people, I think a lot of you're feeling a lot of momentum now for DC. Right. In a way that uh you know, people that were maybe well, everyone said Marvel was better, and then you see some of the stuff that came out like Suicide Squad that came out this year, I thought was pretty good. Sure. Uh so you know, uh, DC's back, I guess, yeah, right? They've got some good stuff. Yeah. I, mean, the, I haven't seen this new Batman. I take it you have, but I have. And yeah. I think it's great too. I think for the common fan, I think they'd be a little confused as to okay. why there's multiple yeah. versions of a character. Yeah. But um, I, I get it. But, but you know what? At the same time, we're human beings. We're exactly. bright. We understand that's a different actor. We understand it's a different director. We understand it's a different timeline. You and I Just do. fucking give us a movie. You it's fine. I, exactly. We don't have to argue about this shit. Because well, so people mu- are used to everything being connected. Right. And, you know? and the problem with comic book and sort of really hardcore nerd fandom is people make up their minds about this stuff when it's cast, when the director oh. is announced, before a fucking frame of the thing is shot. Right. They're like, oh, they fucking ruined it with this and blah, 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 blah. Right. And then... It comes out and it might be great, but everyone decided it sucked. Right, so they're not going to say that you it's know, great. And, yeah. and so I, I think uh, it was nice that Zach and, and Warner Brothers and DC got a chance to take another bite at the apple. Totally. And uh, yeah, I, I really did enjoy this. I thought his comic book good. movies go. I thought it was very good. It's not on my list, but it was good. Yeah, I saw it. Glad to hear it. All right, let's go on to my number 10 movie. Let's talk about a nominated for Best Picture, Jason. Yes, How sir. about that? Yes, sir. Let's talk about my number 10 movie then. It's uh you want it you can get this one at home on Apple TV Plus. Okay. It's called Coda. Yes. Have you seen this that one? That one I did not see. Now Coda stands for Children of Deaf Adults. Yeah. Um and when I was making my list of what I needed to see when the Oscar nominations came out, I hadn't seen Coda. And I said to Layla, I go, Look, I made this list. I took some of the movies off that I thought she would not enjoy. We'll talk about some of those later. And I mean, you're not going to watch Drive My Car. You're not going to watch, uh, you know, Parallel Mothers and, you know, some of these foreign films. I know you're not going to like these. And I made a list of things that I thought she would like. And I included Coda. And I go, this might be sad. 
It's about a kid being raised by deaf parents. Uh-huh. That could be very sad. Could be. Very sad. This movie is maybe the feel-good movie of my list and maybe of the year. I love it. This movie is really fun. Okay. Uh, you'll have a good time with it. It does have moments where it gets sad, but basically uh, the girl who is being raised by deaf parents uh, it can hear... And she joins uh, basically the high school choir or the glee club, you'd say. And she's a very gifted singer. And uh, the music teacher kind of takes her under his wing and says, you've got a future in music if you want it. And the parents, uh, who are both deaf and they have a fishing boat, say, we need you to work on our fishing boat. (laughs) You know, it takes place in, uh, I guess, Gloucester. So kind of Cape Cod, Boston-y yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Um, and they work on this fishing boat, and that's how they make money. And they need her there because she can answer the radio. That kind of becomes a plot point oh, at one okay. point. So they need her. And, you know, she's in her senior year of high school. Right. And when she ha- figures out that she has this gift of music, she wants to go to the Berkeley School of Music in Boston. Oh. Well, there's that sort of where the drama lies. Sure. And the parents... You know, they don't understand that she's gifted in music because they can't hear. Uh, And so that's really the conflict. But I will tell you, this movie will really make you feel good. Here's a reason it's number 10 and not number one or two on my list, even though I think Layla would tell you this is her favorite movie she saw last year. It is Pixar levels of emotional, uh, sort of emotional manipulation. Oh, yeah. They really want you to cry during Coda. Those little minefields. And I think me and Layla both cried during Coda, and I won't <laughs> tell you what scene, but believe me, if you see the movie, you'll know. If it, um, if it involves an animal or something, I'm going to uh, cry for it, sure. It's but, not that, but, but it's it's really well done okay. in that way. Uh, the music's great. I, I'm listening to this soundtrack. Cool. I'm listening to this gal sing. What, what's her name? I got to get this actress's name because she's fantastic. Is she singing, is she singing like like pop uh, they're doing or well. Something? So, so when I talk about her choir, it's sort of a glee club because they do pop songs. Okay. So they're singing pop right. songs. Um, the actress's name is Amelia Jones, and she's she's English as most actors are. Uh, but you know, it takes place in Boston, so she's got an American accent. Ooh, is this a documentary? No, or no, a no. It's, it's, it's a, a movie. It's a, it's a, it's a movie. Okay, movie. got it. Um, I'm trying to get you the, the, the soundtrack of it because uh, she sings a song called Both Sides Now, okay. which was a hit for Judy Collins and was written by Joni Mitchell. It's been uh, covered by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, they sing a David Bowie song at one point. Nice. They sing, uh, oh God, I'm, I'm not doing the justice to it. I've got to listen to it today. I'm going to tell you the name of this song because it's great. Uh, they do a cover. It's Marvin Gaye, and he's singing a... Uh, let me get this for you, because it really is worth checking out the soundtrack. Because yeah, yeah. it is a good album. Uh, let's see, where's this album? Go to album. Uh, You're all I need to get by by Marvin Gaye. Oh yeah, and Tammy Terrell, and she sings this with her little high school boyfriend, Aww. and it's sweet and it it makes you feel good. Um, a lot of good stuff here. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me tell you, it's um. Uh, uh, and there's actually just good music playing, you know, sort of, uh, what would you call it? I don't, what are they, diegetically? Yeah. Meaning they're listening to records like there's an Etta James song in there. I Fought the Law by The Clash oh, no. is there. That's on the soundtrack album. Uh, they sing Starman by Bowie this as like... part of the choir. It's, it's a cool movie. Yeah. It really will make you feel good. If you have Apple TV+, Plus, go out and see this. Okay. It's great. I believe the guy who plays the dad, who is a deaf actor... 
uh, was nominated for Best Actor. Uh, yeah, his name is Troy Coatser, and it's also nominated for Best Picture. So, Coda, yeah, really, really fun. Makes you feel good. Um, you might cry, but you know. And in a way, I kind of go, "Was this too manipulative of us to try to get you?" Because that's why I don't like Pixar stuff anymore. Yeah. They're just trying to make you cry, and I'm like. We're taking little kids to things. Yeah. They don't need to cry. Right, exactly. They, they really have, don't. And they're not going to cry anyway because they don't get the fuck shit that you're talking about right. in their stupid so movie. So many like, adult references. Yeah, so it's just lame. too much. That Inside yeah. Out was kind of the last... You know, yeah. Toy Story 3 when they're all going into the incinerator yeah, exactly. and all that. So, you know, fuck you, Pixar. Right. Yeah, I'm done with your you know, dumb shit. You know what you're doing. But Coda hits you in the same way. It <laughs> hits you in the feels. And it's really good. I recommend you see it. I think you'll dig it, Jason. Fantastic. And I, I know you like music. And I think the I music, music. In this, music in this movie is great. And also, Coda is a musical term as well, right? It's oh, yeah. the, what happens after the main part. I, I'm, I'm Also, the name of up in, Led Zeppelin's yeah, there you go. Lab, which was actually, uh, I think, a compilation of like yeah. B-sides. Well, it was the coda to their careers. Right, right, right. So, yeah. It's a great Yeah, coda's really good. Yeah. Check it out. So speaking of music, and I actually, this one has a lot in common with another one on my list. Yeah. And I actually thought for a minute if it was 2020, but it was 2021. Yeah. Uh, Liam Gallagher, as it was. Did you oh, see okay. this? So I think is this the one where they just follow him and his kids around and stuff? More or less. Yeah, I saw this. Okay. It was good. Yeah. So essentially, Joel and I are huge fans of yes. Oasis. There was a great documentary about the band Oasis a couple years ago. Yeah. This Supersonic. Is, Supersonic. One, yeah. This is more about Liam Gallagher and his coming out as a solo artist. And I thought it was just fun to like follow Liam around because yeah. if you don't know, I mean, he is truly one of the great front men in the history of rock. And uh, just such an incredible, magnetic, charismatic personality. The kind of guy, he's somehow intimidating and yet so welcoming yeah. at the same time. Well, it human, this documentary humanizes him it in a really way does. that I did not uh, maybe have the same feelings about Liam. It sure. definitely changed my mind a little bit on him. He, the two of them, they, he is so funny. Yeah. But one complaint I had about, I have a couple of complaints about this. So... Um, as great as it was, I don't like documentaries where about music where they don't like okay, so he's a performer, he's a singer, and yet you don't realize until the end there isn't a single second of him actually singing. Oh, really? Okay. Which is weird. I they, thought they show him in the studio, but maybe not singing, I guess, uh, right? Yeah. A little, but not yeah. like performance-wise, okay. but but the, the greatest defense to this is they show him like slow motion taking the stage. Then they show him behind the mic in slow motion while Mazzy stars fade into you no, okay. plays. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? They so, could have found some Liam song or an Oasis song. Well, I just don't understand like why he's a solo artist yeah. and you're not playing any of his music. But despite that, so that's a pretty big knock. But despite that, I love Liam. I love hearing about Liam. I love he's he is uh, incredibly successful as a solo artist now. So yeah, that was a yeah. I mean, and, and I don't know how much is attributed to this movie, but Liam's become the Gallagher now. Oh yeah. I mean, and again, you know, if you're an Oasis fan, you might have your own personal thoughts, but you know, it was sort of seen as Liam. You know, when he did BDI and then some of his early solo stuff, people were like, "That's not as good as Oasis." Right. And now I feel like he's embraced the Oasis thing. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. He unashamedly does the Oasis stuff live. Yep. He has Bonehead playing the guitar with him. Which is pretty close to being Oasis. Right, because yeah. if you saw you know, that concert, the, the one on the boat, yeah, where I they're did. going down the Thames. Very cool. It's like they're doing an Oasis song, Bonehead comes out. They do a Liam song, Bonehead goes away. Right. 
It's another smart. Oasis song, Bonehead, comes out. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, the thread of if you're an Oasis fan now runs right through Liam. Right. And, you know, I guess he sold out Nebworth for a couple nights this summer two, coming yeah, up, two, which, which is, is which I'm surprised that's not on your list is the Nebworth documentary. Maybe it is. Yes. Uh, it's, it's coming. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, but, yeah, it's really well done. Again, I always thought Liam was kind of a jerk and yeah. I was always sort of the Noel. I, I was kind of a Noel guy. Yeah. And now I see this and I go, you know what? Liam's really good, the, he's, know, and he's good on his own, and he's become his own guy. He's not in the shadow of Oasis. He's not in so. the shadow of his brother. Nope. He's doing his own thing. He's owning it, and he's he's great. And he I, sings. He sings incredible. He's an incredible singer. He is. He uh, and for a while there, it felt like his voice was going from just partying yeah. to right. But I think he's yeah. he's back big time yeah. now. Well, and you see him as a family man. You meet his kids and stuff right. in this. And they uh, show his home where he yeah, grew up it, 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 very well done. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Very yeah, good. It was nice. All right, I'm going to give you number nine, I guess, here. And uh, I talked about with being the Ricardo sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the movie uh, that's based on real life, but it's kind of trashy and yeah. it's kind of funny. Like I, Tanya, a few years ago oh, was yeah. this. Talking about the Tanya Harding story. And this is one that really is even more ridiculous and, and maybe more exaggerated. Uh, it's called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Oh, boy. And uh, I really had fun watching this. Uh, Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye Baker. Now, I was I lived through the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker right. scandals. So I remember them from the news I and all that I, stuff. I remember that. And, yeah. you know, you look at Jessica Chastain and go, well, here's the this beautiful Hollywood actress, tall, statuesque. How is she going to play Tammy Faye? Now, there's a lot of prosthetics done here and all that, but um, it's really well done. I had a, it's, it's really a fun film. It doesn't, you know, weigh too heavily on you. And, and obviously, you know, and I think they really protect Tammy Faye a little, yeah, in a sense, because, you know, Jim was such an asshole. Yeah, and and uh, shout out to Andrew Garfield. Oh, he's great because Andrew Garfield has made a, a couple of good movies that I saw, and I didn't even see Spider Man, right? Uh, which you know, apparently he's in that. I yeah. don't know. I haven't seen it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. All right. Um, but yeah, Andrew Garfield is Jim Baker to me because I when I saw him come on the screen, I turned to Layla and I went like. Holy shit! He is exactly Jim oh, Baker. He nailed it. She's him. like, I don't know who Jim Baker. So I'm on my phone. You know, I'm paused. The movie is paused. It's you know, hard and to I'm explain. and I'm going Jim. Here's Jim Baker, and I'm finding you know pictures of if him. If you didn't live through it, it's sort of yeah. hard to explain yeah. to people how popular these two were. Yeah. I actually had it on my disappointed list. But oh, really? I'll, I'll okay. tell you why. I do agree that it was well done. I do agree that the performances were great. But as, you you nailed it when you said like kind of trashy. You remember when a few years ago the FX show The People vs. O.J. Simpson came yeah, out? Yeah, and that's another one that fits that mold. Yeah, to, yeah, to this day, I yeah. still don't get if I'm watching parody I, or not. They really, I think they keep that, because that's Ryan Murphy. Right. And I think Who's he great. tries to keep the Well, the one about... Uh, the one about Clinton, the impeachment one. I haven't seen that with Clive um, Owen. Yeah. It is now on Hulu. It just came out on Hulu because it was only on FX. They never put it on there. Watch that on Hulu because I watched that whole series. It's incredible. Is it? Okay. It's very well done. If you like the OJ thing, I think you'll like impeachment. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I agree. It's, it's similar to those. It's definitely similar to, to what Ryan Murphy does as well. Um, yeah, a couple of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio plays Jerry Falwell. Oh, that's in right, this. he does. And, uh, it's just, it's, and like, you know, because my girlfriend's watching this and she's like, 
this Jim Baker seems a little gay. That's what and I, then they do sort of explicitly go into it a little well, bit later on. And like, yeah, there was lots of stories because I read through his Wikipedia. Lots of stories came out about him. Was that great scene where he's like wrestling, with wrestling his, with like, his buddy? And yeah. that, that's not the same as like wrestling with your buddy. That's like getting on the ground yeah, and well, really. That, that in in real life, a little spoiler. That guy, whoever he's portraying, the name of that real character, he ended up dying of AIDS. Oh, did he really? So yeah, there was you know. But anyway, not yeah. to put a not to put a and and that's not in this Eyes of Tammy Faye movie. No, there's no AIDS. But I looked it up. Oh, there is AIDS, but the yeah, 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 the yeah, gentleman. Yeah. Well, Vincent D'Onofrio is the sort of that cliche. We don't want to talk to these homosexuals. Yeah, Jesus yeah. doesn't love them. Right. And when Tammy Faye was like, "Well, fuck you." Yeah, you know, I mean, they show her being compassionate in a way, which is really nice. Yeah. But you know, but the, the the when I talk about like parody, like there's that uh, moment where she sings, uh, "Oh, this is such a cheesy song," and I know that's kind of what it was. Yeah. But at the same time, you said that the movie kind of protects her. I agree, but at that point, I'm like, wait. Are we making fun of her, or are yeah, we like celebrating her? I, I, I don't know. It, it walks a line of yeah. Uh, she was innocent in this stuff, or yeah. You know, I mean, she obviously spent all the money. But and that's all the that thing. Stuff. I don't agree with that. Yeah, like, she wasn't innocent. Well, I mean, look, that could definitely be a complaint. Yeah, but I think to sit down and just watch this, even if you don't know the story of Jim and Tammy Faye. Uh, it's a fun, you know. It's 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 you know, rags to riches to rags. Yeah, we saw at the story. theater. I had a fun time. Yeah, watching it's, it's it. a it's good just, time. Yeah, definitely. It's a good time. Jessica Chastain nominated for best actress in this one. Absolutely, so, uh, oh, she's great. And yeah, yeah, and that is on HBO Max now. So and I do agree. And... I think Andrew Garfield is. What was that movie did a few years ago? It was kind of cheesy, but it was oh Hacksaw Ridge. Okay, yeah, he's great in Hacksaw he's Ridge. Incredible yeah. in that yeah. movie. Yeah. All right, I think you're up next, Jason. Yes. What do you got for us? So here's a movie. I don't know how many people Number saw eight. this. This was essentially uh, Amanda and I on a Saturday really wanted to go to the movies, and and uh, uh, AMC Theaters does a great job of bringing in like independent films. Yeah. So there's a movie, really small movie called Small Engine Repair. I don't oh, know if you saw it. Did uh, not. It's with John Barenthal, and it sounds, if you guys know John Barenthal, he's, yeah, he, he played, he's great. He's great. He played Shane in The Walking Dead, and yeah. he's a great character. He played the Punisher. I'm but, trying, what was he in this year? I feel like I just saw him in something, and I can't even... Was this, I'll look it up. He's, yeah. he's got a new show on HBO coming on HBO Max. But this movie, oh God, it's really hard to explain. I, I believe it was a stage play, and it shows. So essentially, it's like three small-town high school buddies get together, and... Uh, one of the guys has a daughter, a teenage daughter, and the three friends are all kind of really protective of this mm-hmm. daughter. And then by some strange circumstance, a young man who may have done something really awful to the daughter yeah. ends up sort of like walking right into their gather. It's really hard to explain. Okay. Uh, and so it becomes one of the... Do you remember... Um, this would be a really extreme version of this, but do you remember that movie Prisoner? With uh, Hugh Jackman, where Paul Dano, this, I don't think I ever saw. It. Yeah, sort of, I ever saw so it. it's sort of like if you have the. Op- oh no! I, did I see the prison? Prisoner. Yeah, I did see Prisoner. For good stuff. Jake Gyllenhaal is yes, that the one? Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, and and you know how Hugh Jackman sort of like tortures the kid to get answers. It's okay. not that extreme, but it's yeah. sort of like what would you do if the person who hurt your child you had a chance to have a go at them? Yeah, and it's it, it sounds like it's really violent. It's not. But I highly recommend this. All it's right, a where small, do we see this move. now? Where, where, you know, great, I, uh, great question. I do not know. Well, I can look it was it in up. the theater for like two days, and then it was gone. <laughs> it was wow, okay. really, really good. All right, let me see if its thing was released. 
Eh, it doesn't say. I'm sure you can rent it. You yeah, can you can find it somewhere. Nowadays. But yeah, I looked up. John Bernthal plays uh, the tennis coach in King Richard. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he does, so, and he's yeah. great. He, yeah, he's great I in love that him. too. Yeah. You love him. Yeah. yeah, John Bernthal's been in a ton of greats. Ford versus Ferrari. He was in uh, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Was really good. Baby Driver. I mean, he goes on and on. What was the one? Uh, oh, the and Scorsese that, movie with DiCaprio was that uh, where he plays. Uh, oh, Shutter Island. Is he in that? No, no? The, the rich. Uh, oh, uh, uh, why can't I remember it? Well, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. He beats up Jonah Hill. And, of course, Walking Dead, the first season. Shane. The great, Incredible. The yeah, great really scene at the, the barn. Great, yeah. yeah, one of the great uh, performances and, you know, whatever you want to say about Walking Dead. It was a good show back then, and he was great on it. He, so. he was incredible. All right, cool. I never, I, I, that was not on my radar. Okay, right on. But now it is. <laughs> All right, let's talk about my number eight film. And again, biopic. And again, not in the same way. Uh, in fact, it, this is, uh, in fact, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. They describe it as a historical fiction psychological drama. Wow. That's this a lot. is called Spencer, the story of Princess Diana. Oh, right. Yeah. With Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana. Yeah. She goes to the Queen's uh, winter retreat for uh, the holidays yeah. with her family. And I'm going to describe this as this sort of turns into uh, The Shining. Uh, right. <laughs> where, right. It's got some really... Where uh, the queen is the bad guy and yeah. uh, she is trying to escape. Yeah. Um, it really is, because it really does, even the way it's shot, Yeah. it really feels Kubrick-esque, I think. And maybe it's just, you know, a big, uh, a big giant sort of empty feeling house and that sort of will give you... Shining vibes, sure. or even like Barry Lyndon a little bit, yeah. um, Eyes Wide Shut, maybe even to, to, oh, to yeah. a degree. Um, but I really liked this movie. I thought this movie, if you look at it as sort of a, almost a horror film of like a house of horrors, and it just happens to be you know Windsor Castle it's or whatever. It's such an interesting to be. take. It's yeah. such a smart way to go about it. And you see all the principals. So Prince Charles, you see the kids. Um, you know, Kristen Stewart, who, you know, maybe not known for her range or whatever. Uh, I thought she did a real good job in this. She can and, bring it when uh, yeah. she's in the right circumstances. Um, my girlfriend Layla hated this. Yeah, my girlfriend Layla hated it. Did she? Why? But, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I get, my girlfriend also not a Kubrick fan and probably wouldn't know those <laughs> movies and right. certainly, uh, thought it was going to be. Maybe more like something like The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Trashy, story sort of, of, of Princess Diana. Lighter. Instead, it's really sort of intense. But, you know, you see the pressure she was under. Right. And you see that she, when given her druthers, would leave the security and go hang out with regular people. Right. And that really hits you as, you know, she was a good person. And, you know, now that she's gone... Um, I think not everyone feels that way about, you know, the royals. Who gives a fuck? Right. Eh, who cares? She dated this Dodie Fayed. She was, you know, yeah. kind of uh, running around looking for trouble, and she found it, and she died. Okay? Unfortunately, yeah. But uh, this movie, none of that is in there. Um, it's really just about the time she yeah. spent there. It's just a slice. As a mother, as someone who doesn't fit in with royal society, and sort of how she dealt with it. It's It's very well done. It's... It's it's definitely an interesting take on this story, and there was uh, probably a million different ways to tell Diana's story, and even though it's just a couple of days in her life there, you really get a feel for what it was like to be uh, there, and it's not good. It's not comfortable. I, I really love when the biopic or biopic, however you want to say it, is approached, 
instead of like, hey, let's do this life-spanning movie, yeah. they just take a slice uh-huh. of a, a yeah. moment in time, yeah. and they do that. Yep. And then you get to learn and ascertain whatever it is you need to find out yeah. about them just from that. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it's, it's, it paints a portrait of her. Right. And what she thought of the royals. And look, I can see why the royals would hate this movie. <laughs> right. And certainly if you were an apologist, if you were a fan of the royals, you probably wouldn't like this movie. Right. Probably, I mean, it shows you, like, before you go, <laughs> you have to be weighed... As you enter the house uh, before the holidays, they weigh you after the holidays. If you haven't gained enough weight, it shows you didn't eat enough and didn't have a good time. Weird fucking royal shit like that. That And that's a real thing. I looked that up. I was like, that can't possibly be real. And it's in there. So you saw it and liked it, huh? Yeah, I did. Why why do we still... I don't know. I mean, I I know, like, they're royalty. I'm like, what? Like, they don't really... Like, why do we still have this? Yeah. It just seems uh, so it, it, stupid. Well, especially when you see the exam- this example of it about yeah. how just dumb it is. It is. How much money is spent to to keep these people living the way they live. And it just seems unnecessary. And it's certainly bad mentally. It's bad for, you know, someone trying to... Someone who is not raised in it like Diana wasn't, uh, you know, you, you get it. You really feel for her. To be fair... The royals do a lot of charitable things, sure. but you can kind of do that without the cosplay. Yeah, you know? like it's, well, yeah. that's why we got away from them, didn't we? I think that's we why we showed them in 1776, <laughs> yes, Jason. Come on. And then again in 18. I say we like our families were. I don't know yeah. where your family was in 1776, but mine was not yeah, here. Who knows? But, yeah. <laughs> not here, yeah. All right, Jason. Well, we're going to go uh, to you here. Uh, what are you giving us here? You're giving us a number seven. I, my next movie is No Time to Die, okay. a James Bond adventure. <clears throat> what I really enjoyed most about this movie is that unlike – there's always been that debate, and I get into it too, about like – so each James Bond is a reboot, but mm. there was sort of that internet rumor for a while of like, well, what if double O? what if James Bond – is a title, not a name. So in other yeah. words, all these guys could all exist right. in the it's same a, it's world. Right, it's a code name for code the name. spy, yeah. Right, but they, they threw that out the window a couple of weeks ago. I think <laughs> on Skyfall, when it was like, no, right on the, his, like his life, James Bond, like that's yeah. his name, yeah. the, at the family house. So what they, what they did with the Daniel Craig movies, I think, is made one full story, and mm-hmm. there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. And I, won't, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, yeah. and I won't. But I felt like this was a completion of this book of James sure, Bond. Absolutely. You could put it yeah. up on a shelf. Yeah, it's it's the saga of Daniel Craig as James Bond. Right. And again, yeah, you see sort of his origin story, and you see uh, what might be his last mission as exactly. far as the way the movie sets this up. And, exactly. You know, falling in love and, and doing all that stuff that maybe Bond in the past. I mean, he does get married in, is it uh, Honor Majesty's Secret, Secret Service? Secret Service, yeah. Yeah, uh, but, you know. That uh, that ended poorly. Yeah, that's not to not ruin work. a forty-year-old well. movie yeah, for right. you, but uh... <laughs> spoiled it. Uh, a couple of things about this movie. Um, one, I, you know, Remy Malek is a is a great actor, and yeah. I like him a lot. I didn't love his villain. I didn't think he was really all that. Yeah, it's it, the villain. His portrayal is a little. Um, it feels sort of otherworldly. It almost feels like Marvel movie. It feels comic book movie into a series which has become maybe more realistic over the years. It feels like Pierce yeah. Brosnan level like yeah, yeah, villains, yeah. like mustache twirlers, yeah. but yeah. Uh, really good on that. Um, you know, the thing, the complaint I have about two of my favorite movie series, Mission Impossible and the Bond series is this. Why, why is it in every movie it's always like, 
Well, he's going to go rogue and go against yeah. the wish. Can't we just have one where he's like, here's your assignment. Thank you. I will do it. And he yeah. does it. Yeah. Like, well, it's always they're on the run and yeah, they know they can't trust anybody. We've taken away your license to kill. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now you know, what are you going to do? What are you doing? I, I did think, too, though, a few times in this movie, like, I don't know if it was a desire to be more woke or inclusive, but I feel like a couple of times the movie kind of got taken away yeah. from James Bond sure, and it turned well. into like pretty Cuban girl in a dress. Well, it's Anna de Armas, uh, who really did a nice job. She, actually she, was, she really was really good. A lot of people want her to, they want to make, they want to see that movie. That's fine too. They want to see her as a star. And she was in, yeah. remember in Knives Out? Oh she yeah, was she's so she's, she's very good, yeah. But I thought in that moment, it's sort of like, you know, like this, does anybody still think this? Like Bond kind of has that. Like, wait a minute, a woman agent, you know? Yeah, still, yeah. And then she's kicking. Of course, she's you know untouchable in the fight. And then he's like, oh well, you know, I guess she's an equal. And you know, sometimes I'm still gonna try to fuck you, but you're my equal. <laughs> I was gonna say. And then he gets denied. That's the thing too. Like, yeah. like I don't whatever. But you know, Bond getting laid is okay. Like it's yeah. okay for James Bond to have sex once in a while. He's obviously. Got a lot of well. Uh, he's in he's in a relationship in this film. Let's put that out there. Yeah, so, yeah. and that's not as fun. Yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, I when I'm making my list, and I was thinking about this is one of the few movies I saw in the theater. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, because I've been waiting. And again, this was kicked out of 2020 because they were like, right. James Bond has to be in the theater, and we need to when, get people yeah. back into the seats. And I think at the time that they released it, uh, it really kind of underperformed and largely due to the pandemic. It did, yeah. I, I had this as my number one movie. Ah, shit. And part of that, no, it's fine. It happens. <laughs> and, but, you know, one of the things is when you go to the movies and what kind of fun do you want? You want action. You want great sound. Oh, yeah. You want, you know, beautiful imagery. Yep. And it's all here. Oh, yeah. This is as good a James Bond movie that has ever been made. Yep. It's got everything you want from James Bond, from the gadgets to the women to, you know, the villain. Okay, maybe not the greatest villain, but, you know, still. But not, uh, not horrible you know, by any stretch. Um, and it also goes places that James Bond hasn't gone before, which yeah. was interesting. Very interesting. Um, it's just great. I mean, and my girlfriend had never seen a James Bond movie. Oh, really? Well, good, good. Place and to I start. go, you know what? We're going to watch this, and you're going to like it. I don't like James Bond, and we saw that last Mission Impossible, and neither of us liked it, which is true. We didn't really like that last Mission Impossible. But I go, no, it's not. Trust me on this one. It's going to be great. She loved No Time to oh, Die. Oh, did she? She okay. thought it was unbelievable. So, uh, Kerry Fukunaga, who is the director, yeah. he directed the first season of True Detective. He did, yeah. Which is uh, to me. One of the in this golden age of TV, one of the real absolute marvels. It's an incredible mm-hmm. season. Um, but who do you who do you like for? Because and this isn't spoiling anything. This is you know Daniel Craig's. He's moving on from the role. Yeah, yeah. So who do you like? For the next, does he got anybody in mind that you think would be a great James Well, Bond? there's an actress that, uh, a little minor spoiler, becomes 007 at one point. Right. I don't think they're going with her. Even I don't though, either. You know, she was fine. She was okay. Um, I mean, you hear about Idris Alba, Alba, and he's got, you know, I, you know, a black James Bond. Okay, I'm cool with that. I don't know. British, I, I'm fine. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, I just want them to make good movies. I'm not so precious about James Bond. Yeah. That it's got to be a hunky guy, um, but you know, I just want the movies to be good. I mean, I, I think, I think you know, in a way, Mission Impossible has sort of shown that you can have all the trappings and make a pretty good movie. Some of those are sure. really good, and sure. and uh, you know, um, that character uh, is you know now 
in the film world, uh, 60 years old at this sure. point. So, sure. you know, you might have to modernize it just so it doesn't feel, you know, there's stuff in, is it Dr. No, where he tells the the, <laughs> the guy, in, the black guy in Jamaica to fetch my shoes? Oh, God. You know, I mean, well, when Sean Connery he... did that, I mean, th- th- there's things that are so dated in Bond, they really shouldn't be in the movies going well, forward. Well, he's got one where he's in blackface. I actually, yeah, there's, I, a lot of, there's a lot of that stuff I, that just uh, is dated. I actually have a, a bit about this. The one where he fights Knick-Knack, uh, and he puts him in a, he's a small person, he puts yeah. him in a suitcase. Right, and Hervé Villachez. Yeah. Uh, I would say, real quick, when Daniel Craig was cast, before, and, I, and I knew who Daniel Craig was before, yeah. but I thought two guys, they're too old now, but I thought yeah. Jude Law and Clive Owen would have been great. Mm-hmm. And Idris Alba, I would love, but I, I think he's too old. Yeah. It's just my thing. Yeah, he, he exactly. He might have been better five years ago or ten years ago. Sure. I don't know what they do. I like Tom Hardy. I think it'd be good. Yeah, too. I mean, Tom Hardy, you know, there's a lot. of there, Clive Owen was talked about, although yeah. he feels like he's getting a little older. he's kind of old. I, but you know what? Let, we'll let them figure it out. Yeah. And we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I really loved it. I think everyone should see No Time Did I. I think for you've sure. got to rent it at this point. But yeah. um, it's very good. You'll like it. Yeah, for sure. All right, I'm going to get to my uh, number seven movie. Uh, this was one of the last things I watched. Uh, it didn't get an Oscar nomination, so I kind of put it on the list of, if there's time, I'll get to it, I'll watch it. And boy, I'm glad I did, because it's called Red Rocket, All right. Uh, uh, directed by a guy named Sean Baker, who made uh, not just what I believe was my favorite movie of that year, one of my favorite movies of all time called The Florida Project, yes. uh, which was an incredible film, William Defoe. Uh, it made me cry. Uh, watched it more than once. Made me cry more than once. What? It really is incredible. I don't believe it. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, Florida Project, of course, takes place with you know, uh, kind of poor white trash in Florida. Right. This is about poor white trash in Texas. Uh, <laughs> but it has kind of a similar vibe. A lot of um, uh, non-actors playing some of the the supporting roles in this, which was interesting. Uh, the the lead of this is a guy named Simon Rex, who you know some people may know. He's he was in uh, uh, what were those scary movie movies, oh, and yeah. uh, he was an MTV VJ. Oh really? Uh, so he's been in some stuff. He's never really been considered a very serious actor. Yeah. Um, but he is doing now. This movie is comedic. It is darkly comedic. And uh, I think you will laugh during it, although there are moments of real tension and I think a little sadness. Um, I know Simon Rex also is Dirt Nasty the Rapper. Oh. He's released several albums as Dirt Nasty. He just you flew know, over my um, head. I do not. Well, know. there's a guy named another rapper named Mickey Avalon, who maybe you've heard of. Uh, Mickey like, Avalon. Sounds uh, like a 1950s <laughs> doo wop singer. Mickey Avalon's this guy from L.A., white guy. I think Jewish guy actually, uh, who does a lot of sort of like porno rap, Porn, what's and this, porno rap, porno rap. That's how I would describe the genre of Mickey. You can look up Mickey Avalon. Who's what he, is? He wait. has a song called "My Dick," which is kind of popular. Uh-huh. Uh, where anyway, the song "My Dick" is him with Dirt Nasty and another guy named Andre Legacy. So three dudes talking about, talking about my dick. My dick. I can't is, play it because of the, the is, reasons. This is gay porn uh, uh, rap. My, it's a, uh, which is fine. Like, there's one line. So it's like, so the guys are talking about how great their dick is, okay. putting down the other guy's dick. So there's a line like, "My dick plays on the double feature screen. Your dick went straight to DVD." <laughs> That's fine. My dick, you know, is this your dick? Is you know, and nobody thinks this is gay. 
Which is fine. It's, it's a funny saying, song. You'll just, enjoy my dick. Come on. Uh, you'll enjoy my dick. You'll enjoy my dick, Jason. Please, if you take it away. Take that anything, out of context. Enjoy my dick. Hilarious. Nothing's wrong, nothing wrong with gay okay, porn rap, but anyway, it's different, totally So, so I mean, some of these dirt nasty raps are really funny. He has a song called Dropping Names, talking about all the girls he fucked in Hollywood. Uh-huh. You know, Ooh. fuck Jennifer Aniston, gave it to her ass at the, in the ass at the Hotel Radisson. Ooh. That's one of the lines. It's a very funny song, too, Ooh, so you can Jennifer look up Aniston Dirt Nasty. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. He fucked, you know. He fucked the Olsen twins, uh, according to this song, and all kind of Jennifer stuff. Jennifer Aniston's ass anyway, has a story to tell. Let's get back to Red Rocket. Let's get back to Red Rocket. Okay. So he plays a former male porn star. We don't know why he leaves Hollywood, but the first thing you see is he's on a Greyhound bus back to his hometown in Texas. Okay. And he has to, he shows up at his ex, well, it's actually, they are estranged, but his wife's house. His wife uh, had moved back to Texas some time ago. Uh, living with her mother, very poor folks, and he has to sort of mooch off them because he's got nothing. Okay. And he sort of has his adventures in this small town, meeting a bunch of friends from his past, meeting a new lady in his life, which I won't spoil. Okay. Um, but it's a very uh, sort of, um, you know, guy, it, it's sort of one of those movies of, you know, man goes back to his old hometown has to fight the demons of his past of in a way. Sure. Uh, but it's funny. You actually will laugh out loud during Red Rocket. Um, God, what else can I tell you about it? Um, you know, lots of nudity. Oh. If you want nudity, not lots, but there's some nudity. That's the place to go. You'll huh? enjoy that. Male, male and female nudity. So if you want some, you want some dong. It's I, kind of the year of the dong. Every now and again. A there's guy dongs needs... in a... I'm going to talk about more movies with dongs. I saw a bunch of dongs this year. Good for good for you. Yeah, it's a bunch of dongs. It's, it's time that and, you well, it's look, it's Hollywood. You put dongs that. in the movies now. Well, Can't just if, put tits and tits if that's and your vagina. Ex- if that's your excuse. That's fine. Well, listen, <laughs> Red Rocket has dong, and you might like that if you're into that. But uh, Suddenly, yeah, I think it's I a funny. It's a funny, <laughs> really kind of weird, uh, interesting. You know, Sean Baker is really a talented guy. His vision uh, for what he likes to do. I mean, because you see all these small town drug dealers and they're all played by real people right. and they're terrifying in a way that Hollywood actors would not be. Yeah. Um, it's really, really well done. But again, it is funny. It is uh, a little dark. Um, it was considered. I mean, it won. Um, it was in uh, it was in competition at the Cannes Film Festival oh, wow. in twenty twenty one. It was listed as one of the top ten films of the year by the National Board of Review. Uh, Simon Rex won best best actor by the Los Los Angeles Film Critics Association and best actor at the Independent Spirit Awards. So good for him. I think the subject matter yeah. kind of held this back from the Oscars. Sure, I think they're a too high, little too highfalutin yeah, to make are. a movie about a male porn star and have right. it be uh, lauded. But it's really wonderful. Simon Rex does a great job. You're really going to like it. I know what you like. Yeah. I think. I mean, uh-huh. obviously, we're talking about movies. Absolutely. Here. I think you dig this. I, I think I, I think yeah. this is right up your alley. Definitely. I think list. you have to rent it at this point. It yeah. hasn't been out for all that long. But, um, yeah, uh, very well done. Uh, and Layla, who was on the fence about this one with her, she really loved it. Good. Uh, so Red Rocket, definitely a kind of a smaller movie that fl- has flown under the radar, but you should see it. All really right. And Layla, two thumbs up as well. Yeah, Layla loved it. Well, maybe because maybe of the dong. May, maybe. Maybe Layla liked it because of the dong. That might be I a conversation know. you guys want to we'll, have. We'll have to have that <laughs> conversation. Well, speaking of um, 
Dong? No. Well, <laughs> yeah. actually, yeah. Speaking of porn stars, let's talk about Dong. Talk. We are. Uh, well, indirectly. Yeah. The next movie on my list was directed by a gentleman named P.T. Anderson, who directed one of my favorite movies yes, of all time, okay, Boogie yeah. Nights. Sure. So this. Well, you know, Red Rocket felt a little like Boogie Nights, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Well, yeah. Kind of a white trashier yeah, version. Sure. Yeah, it's a movie called Licorice Pizza. Yeah. And I went to see it at the theater. Um, let me see. A couple days after Christmas, and yes, this was a. Uh, I love P.T. Anderson. Yeah. For those of you that aren't familiar with his films, I mean, he did Boogie Nights, Magnolia. Those are two, probably my two favorites, although yeah. Magnolia is a little pretentious. Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread yeah. was really good with Daniel Day-Lewis. And he just has a really... No Country for Old Men. I think that was... Uh, oh, no. Is that the other guy? Yeah, that was the other guy. Oh, that's not Paul who, Thomas who Anderson? Did, no. I think it, no, not No Country for Old Men. Uh, 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 there will be blood. There will be blood. Yeah, those came out about the oh, same yeah, time. That's did. why I'm they getting did. a little. They're both yeah, with Daniel Day. Yeah, there will be. And blood. Uh, he's, um, I don't know. I think, and sort of, he's always compared to Robert Altman. He's a very, I guess, what they call an artur. I mean, he's a, sure, he's a yeah. true artist. Most of his movies, most of them, are set in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles, and this is no exception. And it's the star of this movie is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Yeah, who is a fine actor. And then his co-star is a young lady. I don't recall her name, but she was a musician. Well, she's one of the Hames. I'll get it for you. Okay. Alana Haim? Yeah. And Cooper Hoffman is uh, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. So it's just sort of this, uh, I, mean, I don't know, it's sort of, I don't say like family friendly. The, the but it's, stel- a fun, it's a nostalgic yeah. 70s. Coming of age. Uh, San Fernando Valley in yeah. the 70s movie. Yeah. I don't think it has like the bite or the teeth like a Boogie Nights does, but it's a very charming story. And... Uh, there's so a couple of really funny cam- – Bradley Cooper's got a really funny cameo in yeah, there. Yeah, Bradley Cooper does a nice job yeah. uh, while he's in this. So. He's in there. Um, he, he, if you've seen the trailer, he's in the trailer. Barbara Streisand. I'm not sure he's in the actual film more than the screen time he gets in the trailer. A little. It's pretty much the equivalent, yes. A little bit, but uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, uh, the, the young lady in the movie – I don't know how old she's supposed. I think she's supposed to be in her mid twenties, and I think he's still in high school. Yeah, that's one of people have criticized this movie because she's twenty two and he's sixteen or seventeen, and people are like, "Yeah, that's kind of illegal." Sounds hot. If I were the boy, I'd be like, "This is great." I mean, if if it were the sexes were flipped, sure, but they're not. So I think it's great. (laughs) I'm all for it. No, it's great, and it's it's a it's a Sean Penn is really good in this. That's right. That's who I was trying to think of who has a small role. uh, 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 John Michael Higgins has a nice turn. You might know John Michael Higgins from Best in Show and stuff. He yeah, played, what does he play? He played Letterman in The Light Shift. He's the, um, he's the guy who owns that uh, Japanese restaurant. That's what I thought. Oh. Yeah. And, and and he's been criticized because uh, for racial language, you know, there's some That's non-politically some correct shit. stuff that he I mean, does, but it's very funny. Well, his, his wife is Japanese, yeah. and instead of speaking Japanese to her, he just said, speaks in English, but with like a racist accent. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you understand that? Yeah, and yeah. It's yeah, like, it's what the fuck's this guy doing? But it was uh, funny. Uh, yeah, I saw Licorice Pizza. I actually saw Licorice Pizza. That was my Christmas Eve thing. Was it? Me and my girlfriend went out Christmas Eve, saw Licorice Pizza. We always see movies. It's not Pizza. on my top movies, and uh, here's why. Let me describe the plot of Licorice Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Let me describe the plot for you. Here's, here's what happens in Licorice Pizza. All right, that's what happened in Licorice Pizza. Nothing, Nothing happens in no, this movie. There's no real plot. My girlfriend walked out of this so angry. Ugh. She's like, this nothing fucking happened. It was just this kid driving around. his car around. And yeah. I'm like, 
that I get it. Yeah. Now here's the thing: the setting and sort of the care taken to recreate the seventies is unbelievable oh. in this movie. It's as good as anything you've ever seen that way. Yeah. I thought the acting was all fine. Again, I loved the the you know Sean Penn, uh, Tom Waits is in there for oh, a minute. Oh, that's right, he is. Uh, John Michael Higgins. Everybody does a nice job. Nothing happens in this fucking movie. No. And it's a shame because to have that setting yeah. and not have characters that you really care about, I don't think, uh, it really is sort of a shame. And, and you could, you know, if you put this on your worst of list, not saying you, but anybody, uh, I, I would say, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. You know, Layla had it on her Sleepy Awards when she That's talks about, you know, yeah. the movies that made her fall asleep. It really, it's, it's, I don't know, how long is it, too? It may be just that it's too long on some level. Two over it's two it's hours. two hours and in 14 minutes. Uh, but, you know, I get what people like about this. And I liked what people like about right, right. it. But I also, I see enough movies where it's like, I can't watch nothing. Yeah. I can't watch nothing happen. You're going to bore me with this thing. I don't care who you put in it, <laughs> what you make it look like, what pop song you put on the soundtrack. Well, None of that... Uh, people associate all of those things with a great movie, but movies are stories. This movie has no story. I could not list it. On You're right. There's certain yeah. criteria that you need, and all yeah. of those boxes had to be checked. I think there was just enough yeah, of that. I mean, and, you know, I mean, that's fine. You liked it more than I sure. did. You know? I don't think, and I hate to always compare something to something else, especially with the same filmmaker, but mm-hmm. what you just said about having that setting, yeah. that's why Boogie Nights is so yeah, great. Yeah, same setting, it's same era. It's the 80s porn 70s, uh, valley. 80s, yeah. and it's just yeah. so much great characters. Burt Reynolds, yeah, and Mark yeah, yeah. Wahlberg. It's so much shit happens. Well, I think Magnolia is incredible. I think oh, that's yeah. one of the best movies. I mean, uh, you want to see Tom Cruise not oh, being... Yeah. I mean, on one hand, it's a different take on sort of the arrogant Tom Cruise. You sure. see another side it's of like that a character. Yeah, it's uh, he's great in that. And and Phantom Thread, boy, I don't recommend Phantom Thread, yeah. but I, I like where that ended up going. I sure. thought was was very clever. And well, Tom Cruise, the master is the, ma- uh, oh, uh, the master is an interesting film. So, I mean, Paul, I respect Paul Thomas Anderson. I don't. I'm not always in sync with what he's doing. Yeah, and I just feel like, you know. Take this cast, take the setting, take the production values, maybe make like a little uh, eight-episode HBO series out of and put some story behind it, and you got a home run. This didn't work for me. When you mentioned Magnolia, I'll never forget that. uh, Well, obviously the Reign of the Frogs, but also that Tom Cruise has that great scene with his dying father played by Jason Robards. Mm -hmm. and. Tom Cruise really breaks down and cries, and if people ever thought Tom Cruise isn't a real actor, you should really see that movie because he really yeah. brings. Yeah, it. he really does bring it. Yeah. And Magnolia, I think, was a disappointment to a lot of people after Boogie Nights, and it shouldn't be. I think it's maybe his best movie. So. But I do, yeah, yeah. it's either one or the two. But I think, like, if you put me on a stage, so what's your number one favorite movie? I would probably say Boogie Nights. That's okay. my favorite movie yeah. of all time. I think it's yeah. so good, really good. All right, I'm going to give you my number six movie. Okay, and uh, Jason, yes, sir. It's more dong for you. Oh, I've been looking forward in to In fact, that. this movie's called uh, Power of the Dong. I mean, <laughs> dog, dog. Power of the Dog. Right. Power of the Dog. Directed by a lady named Jane Campion. Very talented. Who very year, uh, many years ago won a bunch of Oscars for the piano. And oh, uh, yeah. That is a long time ago. This is Benedict Cumberbatch. Yep. Uh, him bringing the dong in this one. Bringing you, it. Uh, bring in the dong. Uh, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons, who are married in real life, yes. play a couple. This is a Western, although it's a Western, I think, that takes place in the 20s. Right. Uh, it's sort of the end of the West, and right. they're cattle ranchers, and uh, they make leather goods. Um, 
And it's sort of the relationship between uh, 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 the one brother. The brothers are Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons. Right. Um, uh, Jesse Plemons' character ends up marrying Kirsten Dunst. She's got a son. And the, the, the interaction between uh, sort of the effeminate gay son right. and Benedict Cumberbatch as sort of the hard-ass uh, cattle driving cowboy, yeah. uh, and their relationship is really the heart of power of the dog. Um, a lot of people love this movie, think it's the greatest movie of the year, and I will tell you one thing that it does probably better than anything else. Visually, and I, you know, I listen to this with the surround sound on. Yeah. Uh, it's on Netflix. Really, the audio mix is outstanding. The visuals are, I think, the, maybe the best visuals of the year in any movie. Oh. Uh, it's slow. Yeah. You know, you may not like it because you go, boy, nothing happens. But not unlike, we just talked about Phantom Thread, you got to stick with it till the end. Sure. Because there's a big plot thing that happens towards the end, which I won't ruin in this. Right. But stick with it till the end. And I think if you stick with it, you'll actually end up enjoying it. Um, but just beautiful, beautiful stuff. Right. I mean, the visuals, I believe they shot this in New Zealand. They did. And it's playing, I guess, Montana or something. Yeah. But just to see the prairies, the mountains, and everything in this, um, it's an unbelievable-looking and, I think, sounding movie. If you have a good sound system, crank it up for Power of the Dog. And it's you go, well, it's all dialogue. But when they're outside and they're moving yeah, the I cattle around, it sounds it's it's exquisite. So, well, um, Power of the Dog, it's really good. A couple of quick things on this. Uh, trivia... That uh, Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst met yeah. in the season of Fargo. They met at Fargo. Really That's a great season I, of Fargo. It's a great season yeah, of Fargo. Yeah, great season of Fargo. But um, you know, you know who else really loved this movie? Sam Elliott. Okay, you, yeah. <laughs> you, we, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, we heard him yeah. and his critiques of this movie. It's like you don't own westerns, uh, man. It's, well, he thinks he does, doesn't know, he? <laughs> fucking, he? I'm all for other people's opinion, but that was really kind of a, a prickish take that he had. Yeah, I believe this movie got the most Oscar nominations of anything. So we're talking Best Picture, uh, Jane Campion for Best Director, Adapted Screenplay. Uh, what else do we got here? Uh, Brennan Cumberdatch, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor. For Jesse Plemons. Oh, and Cody Smith McPhee, who plays the song. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst for Best Supporting Actress. It goes on and on. Wonderful movie. I mean, as far as. Look, again, not the most fun movie you're going to watch. Yeah. Not the most fun. You want to see something fun? Watch Coda, watch Belfast. Right. Uh, also, great movies that were a little more fun. But when I look at the craft yeah. of cinema, this is that movie for 2021 sure. to me. Nothing better. Than power in the dog when it comes to that. Very so. exciting. If you yeah. if you're a move, if you're a film fan, see yeah, it. yeah, you'll love it. Uh, a cineast is that what you would be called? I think not so. a cineast. <laughs> Cinephile. Cineast. Cinef- That's French word. Oh, okay. It means one who appreciates c- movies, cinema. And cinema. Perfect. Well, uh, <laughs> I went to film school. Can you tell? Uh, you, you, yeah, you're a little snobby. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, I'm just joking. Oh, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> All right. So Jason, my next movie. Five. My next new movie is definitely not cinema. Yeah. But it was probably the most fun I had seeing a movie in the theater this okay. year. Okay. And that's a little movie called Free Guy. I just thought oh, this was okay. a lot of fun. Uh, sort of like a Truman Show meets Ready Player One. Yeah, it's uh, way better than Ready Player One. Yeah, Ready yeah. Player One. And, you know, I know Ryan Reynolds, sometimes the shtick gets a little old. You know, I'm good looking. Look how funny and cute well, I am. Well, it's but the re- Deadpool thing. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. It is the Deadpool effect. But I just thought there's a really fun time, a really fun time with the movies. It kind of reminded me that, as corny as this sounds, sounds like a, a commercial, but like why we go to the movies. Like, I yeah. just went there 
and I remember seeing the trailers and going like, eh. and there's nothing else playing. We saw it. We and man, uh-huh. and I had a great time seeing this movie. Well, he's in a video game, right? You know, he's really sort of playing. Well, he's playing. Is he the bank teller? Is that yeah. how that works? Yeah. Out? So imagine uh, the game Grand Theft Auto, right? And I think especially the the newest one, Grand Theft Auto Five. Although I say new, it's been out forever. They just keep putting it out <laughs> again. Um. He's sort of the non-player character. He's one right. of those, you know, you're robbing the bank. He's the teller. Let's look behind at the life of a teller. Sort of works almost like the Lego movie a yeah. little bit where the construction worker kind of character. That's such an interesting sort of that. Take. Yeah, That's yeah. an interesting way in, Yeah, you know. Um, actually, I got to take back, I saw this in theater, too. Did you? Yeah, Layla really wanted to see this. We saw the trailer yeah. maybe in front of No Time to Die or something, yeah. and she goes, uh, and she goes, I got to see Free Guy. You know, she she loves Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Most he is do. pretty charming he guy. He is charming. Yeah. Um, I like this movie. I didn't love it. But again, I think it, it ticks all the boxes of fun movie, uh, a lot of really crazy effects. Um, you know, Ryan Reynolds is good. If you like if you like Deadpool, I think you'll like this. Sure. It's certainly better than something like Ready Player One. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you like video game references and you're a gamer... Lots of video game yeah. stuff in there. I think this was... Uh, well, who's the director of this? Do you have it in front of you? I is don't it, know. Is it, um, is it Sean... What's his name? Because I met him. Uh, I don't think it's anybody see. that I knew off the top of my head. Yeah, but when I tell you what this guy did... he yeah, Sean Levy made this. Oh, I know that he name. Made, yeah, Sean Levy made uh, the Night at the Museum movies. He oh. made a movie called Real Steel. Which featured your boy, Joel Fragamani. I do remember that. As an extra. <laughs> but then, I got to say hi to him on the set. That's where I met Hugh Jackman. And eventually, Lily. Um, he also uh, created Stranger Things, Sean Levy. He's got really quite the career oh, going for him. Oh, yeah. Forward. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's kind of one of the top guys now, uh, yeah. Sean Levy, out there. Because let me just try to find what else he's up to. Yeah. Because he directed this new uh, movie called The Adam Project. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, yeah. With Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. That was his thing. Uh, he also made Cheaper by the Dozen. Remember that one? Uh, and he's also making a, a new Deadpool movie. So um, That's right. Yeah. And you wonder if they, the collaboration with Ryan Reynolds probably helped. Yeah, him I made. think that they like each other. Date Night with Tina Fey. I did see that. And Steve Carell was pretty good. Mark so, Walmart. yeah, he's uh, he is definitely a guy that uh, uh, sort of is kind of a modern uh, trying to do the Spielberg thing. The, you know, the kind of feel good nostalgia, cre- but creating worlds, bin. creating uh, sort of um, interesting takes on things. And um, yeah, I mean, I like Sean Levy. Not everything he does is fantastic, but uh, this is one of his better ones for sure. Absolutely. Well, let's get that new season of Stranger Things going already. Yeah, well, people are talking about it. Do you know what they're doing with it? We're going to talk. We're not trying to talk TV here too much, but. But we should do that at some point. They're, you know, they're releasing this in two hunks. So Netflix has learned that people, if they just want to see Stranger Things, can subscribe for three days or whatever. You pay for one month, you watch your Stranger Things, you cancel, no more money. Right. They're spreading this one out over like, I don't know if they come out six weeks apart, the two halves of the season. So that's Netflix's strategy to keep you. Yeah, they do with Ozark. They're trying to keep you engaged in a way and not have you binge the whole thing in a weekend. Because when they've released, like, I know people that really, uh, you know, girls I've dated that were really into, like, uh, Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And they're like, it's Friday, it's Orange is the New Black. I'm going to sit at home all day, watch Orange is the New Black. They watch the whole season in an afternoon, (laughs) and then they never talk about Orange is the New Black. It's like one day a year they get Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And, you know, they realize that, you know, the HBO model of releasing one a week or a couple every couple weeks, uh, it sticks more in the public consciousness. 
Amazon Prime. Well, I know AMC's doing that with Walking Dead. <laughs> okay, yeah. And uh, Amazon Prime did that with the fabulous or the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, and they used to they used to dump the whole season. Yeah, too, and they, they stopped. So. It does make sense from a business standpoint, yeah. to be fair. I get that, sure. You, you know? know, I mean, people I don't know of are canceling their Amazon Prime after a month because for me, it's like a thing you buy once a year and it's good for the whole year. But right. exactly. you can get it month by month now. Yeah. So maybe people I do, do the do once that. a year right. too. All right, so Free Guy, I enjoyed Free Guy. Didn't not in my list, but it's it's good. All right, here's another great documentary. You might have to search this one out. It's on Showtime. Okay. Uh, so so it didn't. Uh, I know it played theatrically because it came out in 2021, but it's on Showtime. It's it's called Attica, and it is about the Attica prison riot of the 1960s. Yeah. Uh, really a dark day in American history, I think, yeah. the Attica prison riot. And boy, I'd be spoiling what happens at the Attica prison riot, something that happened uh, <laughs> 50 years ago now. Um, but here's what I will say. Um, you know, they interview a lot of the people right. that were there at the time. And lived in Attica, New York, where this uh, prison riot took place. Um, it's incredible. It's incredible uh, what the prisoners wanted. Uh, you feel uh, very much with the prisoners. And when you see some of the footage that I had never seen before about the way that law enforcement acted during this uh, siege, boy, it makes you hate the police. Yeah. Which is really about our times, too, isn't it? You know, and you've seen what happens with Black Lives Matter and, you know, people getting pulled over and murdered by the police. And you see the way that uh, the, the law enforcement acted here, because it's not just uh, the warden and prison guards. I mean, we're talking New York state troopers get involved in this. Sure. And um, it really angers you. You yeah. get angry watching this. Sure. But yet it's a great story that people should know. And should watch, because you think about prisoners, and you know, I don't really care what happens to them. They, they all did bad things. These are bad people. But when you hear their story about what they were sort of rioting about, what they were fighting for, the treatment that they got, uh, it really angers you. Yeah. It really is, is something that'll make you mad and make you go, you know, I got to look at things a little, maybe a little differently than I did. Um, and I'll give you a little example here. I mean, where, you know, when they find out these prisoners are rioting and they want to take over, they say... You know, it's literally you hear the New York State police going, pardon my language, N-word used openly right. by these law enforcement yeah, officials. that's ugly. And that's sad because, you know, hey, most prisoners, while they were of different races, and you'll see that in the film, uh, you know, largely African-American. Right. Which, you know, is still a problem with sure. our prison society. So, yeah, Attica, it's really, really a powerful documentary. Uh, if you have Showtime or you can even get the free trial on Amazon through their Prime or maybe even through Hulu at this point still. Uh, watch, get it. Watch Attica. It's unbelievable. A little side note of that. I'm glad you, you mentioned the way that you can get this. A lot of people, I tell them this, and they don't understand. Let me just be really clear about this. Yeah. If you have Amazon Prime and there's some shows you want to watch on Showtime, yeah. you can just subscribe yeah, to it for yeah. like $8 and, a month. And it's like a seven-day trial, so you don't have to. I mean, you can download the Showtime app to your TV or your sure. Roku or whatever and watch sure. it that way. But if you go through Prime, you can have everything kind of sitting there. And one screen for yeah, it, which is nice. We grabbed Showtime uh, just to well to watch uh, Yellow Jackets. Yeah, now yeah, we're watching, uh, yeah. Yellow Jackets was cool. I like that. Yeah, uh, I'm dying up here, which is probably yeah. I'm dying up here. I've so seen good about stand up yeah. comedy. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah, Showtime has some good stuff. They and do a lot of really people great don't stuff. Get it, but uh, it's really yeah, easy to you, get. 
get see Attica. And they also did a, an Attica documentary on HBO this year. Really? Uh, cool. Because it was whatever, whatever it was, the anniversary. Okay. Of, you know, the riot. I think it was 69 or 70. I, I forget. But it was the anniversary recently, so they made a bunch of documentaries. That one's good, too. But this one on Showtime is really good. It's nominated for Best Documentary. And as we will talk about these later, I believe it should win because I thought it was the best documentary. No, and Summer of Souls nominated, too, and that's great. But I really loved Attica. I think it's uh, one of the best uh, documentaries of the year. Has, has anyone ever done... They must have a really good documentary on the Stonewall, right? Uh, they must have been. Must yeah, have been. I feel like there must have been, but yeah. I, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell. I would you be interested that. to see that. But yeah, Attica's great. All right, we're up to number four now. I might have covered some of your movies at this point, Jason. No, I think we've got a really so nice I don't know. diverse list here. Yeah, because I'm running out of movies. I'll be honest with you. So okay. go ahead and give us a four. Yeah, I've got, uh, again, mine weren't necessarily ranked in the same way that yours were. Yeah. So it's a little all over the place, but I really enjoyed a movie called, it was on Netflix, it was a movie called The Guilty. Uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, and sort of reminiscent of a movie with Tom Hardy a few years ago called Locke, okay. where it's essentially a one-man show. Okay. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal plays a police... Well, he's a cop who got into some trouble and is relegated to being a police dispatcher. Mm-hmm. And as the dispatcher, he has to deal with a little girl being kidnapped. And it's one of the... It's funny because... The names that end up on the credits, people like Bill Byrne, Ethan Hawke, yeah. and you never see them. So I oh. think that they're some of the voices, which is they're cool. the voices of the dispatcher. The dispatchers, I yeah. Okay. So it's it's there are other people in it, but ninety five percent of this is Jake Gyllenhaal by himself talking to somebody as a dispatcher. And that's interesting. What was really the movie good. where the guy was buried? Did you remember that movie? I do. Who was the oh, actor? Shit. What was Because that? that was kind of similar, right? He's buried in a box. Was and that Ryan buried... Reynolds? I think. Was it Ryan Reynolds? It, it might have been. Yeah. God, that that was a cool movie. It, it's reminding me. I haven't seen The Guilty, but it's reminding me of that. Yeah. Uh, Antoine Fuqua made this. So Training Day yeah, and oh, yeah. uh, really great. Uh, one of the best Muhammad Ali movies. Uh, uh, What's my name, Muhammad Ali? Antoine oh yeah, yeah. Fuqua did. That's really good. Yeah, that's right. It was, I forgot that yeah. Anthony Fuqua did. So yeah, he's done some great movies. Mm-hmm. And honestly. There's a handful, well, I'll say there's three or four actors that if you just show me that they're in it, I'll go see it. One mm-hmm. is Jake Gyllenhaal, one is Leonardo DiCaprio, Christian Bale, and probably Adam Driver. Because okay. I think they're all, and I know that you love Adam. I know yeah. that these people are infinitely interesting. And, yeah. you know, I think Jake, Jake, Jake's really killing it. I mean, right. when you look at. The Jake Gyllenhaal, there's almost not a bad movie. Oh, I mean, as much as like I, I look at Jake Gyllenhaal and look at him as a pretty boy, yeah, probably closeted homosexual. I don't know that. That's just what I think. <laughs> okay. He's really one of the great actors of our day. He is. And every movie he's, if you see a Jake Gyllenhaal movie, it's almost always good. I think maybe his best might be Nightcrawler. Yeah, uh, which Nightcrawler's is unbelievable, incredible. That really is great. Let me let me see what he. Uh, I'm trying to get his list of films here. I mean, just in the last few years. Uh, uh, let, let's see. Uh, yeah, you have The Guilty on there. There was, uh, let's see. Um, I'm just trying to, to see. Which ones are these? Are these, are these his acting awards? Or his? Uh, Zodiac. Oh, God. Great movie. Great. Source Code. Great movie. Yeah. Prisoners. Great, great movie. movie. Nightcrawler. Great movie. Yeah. Southpaw. Great movie. I think it was. I yeah. think I saw it. Uh, it goes on and on. 
What was that movie he made? Velvet Buzzsaw was was interesting. That was, was a good on one. Netflix, so. It was the one where he played uh, there was he's had like a doppelganger, and it was that really weird director. There's a giant spider in it, which my wife would hate. Ooh, maybe I didn't see that one. Yeah, uh, I, I. It would have been these... like five years ago, huh? Five years ago. So like, if there's there a list Okja? Of... No, I never saw that. He made a movie called Life. He was in that movie Everest. That was a good movie. Yeah, Life was the one with Ryan Reynolds. Okay, uh, they're in the space capsule. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really great. Brothers, no. That was another, with Tobey Maguire. It was another good yeah. movie. Yeah, the, it's going back to Donnie movies. Darko, I think, which yeah. was one of my all-time favorite. Jake movies. Jake Gyllenhaal's in great movies. I, 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 I almost feel bad hating on him for as long as I did because he's great. His he, movies are great. He's really made great career choices. Movies. So is Leo DiCaprio. Plus, they have access to those great roles. Yes, so, they but, do. He, you know. Jake. If I see Jake in something, it's almost always good. Totally. And that he, you can't say that about a lot of people no, anymore. You can't. You really can't. But it's 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 great. Uh, so uh, you've got three left. I've only got one left. What have I? How many have you not talked about? Uh, let me see. I've got because we're getting close to the end, and my number one is. I think we've both talked about our number ones at this point because if yours was Summer of Soul and mine was No Time to Die, were, were we doing fifteen or 10? yeah? I had like six left. I don't know. Somehow, <laughs> I don't know how. How do we end up with six? Left? I don't know, but I can. Whenever you're ready, I can buzz. Well, go ahead, give us another one because I'm down to one, and sure. and, and, and I you okay. Know. So I had uh, where are we at here? So I had King Richard. Okay, yeah, I like King Richard, which I sure. liked a lot. I'm a sucker for a good biopic, and it has to kind of really be a good movie. Uh, it can't just be the subject matter because I can see a biopic and that I don't love the subject matter, but still be really compelled. This I went to see. I mean, I think the Williams sisters are interesting, but yeah. Amanda really wanted to see this, uh-huh. and I loved every minute of it. I think mm-hmm. Will Smith. I think because he's such a big star, I think now he's settled into like a character actor, and yeah. he's really good. And uh, the Williams sisters, I think their story is infinitely interesting. Mm-hmm. But the movie really is Will's story. It's yeah, about, it is. It's it about is the, the story of the dad, and and uh, you know, coming out of uh, Compton and and doing all that, and you know, you see the struggles he had to try to teach them tennis in the ghetto, right? And and what he went through. I think some of the criticism uh, of of him, even though he is nominated, I think for best actor, and I think the movie is as well. And it is a good movie. I thought it was a little too long. It didn't make my list for that reason, but it was good. Uh, is that you know the character has such a sort of uh, what do you call it? Almost like just the. It's unbelievable the way sort of how ghetto he talks. Right. But when you see the real guy, which you do at the end of this movie, or you see an interview with him on on uh, YouTube or something, that is how he talked. Right. You know, that is how the guy talks. So, sure. um So you kind of look at it like, oh, he's kind of cooning it up a little bit. But sure. that is how the guy talked. Right. So you can't really, because, you know, we know how Will Smith is very eloquent. Yeah. He's a very eloquent, well-spoken yeah. brother. Yeah. And then you hear in his, oh, why, why are you all getting into, y'all got to get in the van now. We got to go have tennis lessons. And yeah. you got to like, little why is it's he doing that? Hard to... But that is how the guy talks. Yeah. So, and you I think know... he's just doing his job. And yeah. Really, yeah. And I think there's a really poignant scene in this movie uh, where he makes a decision to do something to protect his daughter. Mm-hmm. And then... This decision will definitely ruin his life, and then he doesn't have to make it because somebody else yeah. does it instead. And so I don't know if that happened exactly like that. I don't know if you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I do, and I, I don't know how strict this sticks to history, but seems very, I'm, I'm assuming it does yeah. for the most part. They try to recreate uh, you know, kind of their early tennis matches uh, of Venus more than Serena. Serena... 
is men- is in this, but it's really Venus. You see Venus sort of being raised, and when she broke in, because she was really the trailblazer, was Venus. Right. Young black girl. Yeah. You know, braids in her hair and stuff, and, and how tough it was for her to get into the world of uh, professional tennis. Yeah, one, at one point the movie just makes a decision of which girl they're yeah, going to stick yeah. with. Well, she was older. Yeah, yeah so that makes more sense. She did come first by a couple years. So. Yeah, right. Even though they show you that Serena is now considered the greatest female tennis player of all time. Which is interesting yeah. when you see that at yeah. the end. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah wow, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, good movie, though. Absolutely. What do you got left here, Jason? Come all on. right, let's see what else we got. Because I think you're going to get my last one, which is... My number three movie of the year, but I, I feel like it's going to be on your list. So. All right, I'll bounce through these. We'll so. let you. We'll let you try to hit it here. All right, I really like. You the, got twenty movies on your list, but I don't. I have yeah. like it feels like it. So I have. Uh, I do actually. I think I probably do have more than fifteen. Yeah, but I, I really like the movie Wrath of Man. It was uh, Wrath of Man by Guy Ritchie, which starred um, Jason Statham. Yeah, and it's not your usual Jason Statham breaking heads type of movie. There is sort of a. A mystery detective element to it about his son being killed. Then he goes to work for a security company, which may have uh, played a role in his son's death. There's a, a shootout, which, I mean, we all agree that the shootout in Heat is sort of like the yeah. pinnacle. But this one is, is really, really good. And so I think it's Guy Ritchie kind of finding his footing with Jason Statham again. Really enjoyed that one. If you get a chance to see if you like Jason Statham. Yeah, I did not see this one. Yeah. I saw The Gentleman. Which I think is Jason Statham as well. That was sort of so, yeah. uh, kind of that uh, British gangster yeah. thing. With but this uh, yeah. is all set in L.A. This yeah, is like I didn't a, see, I didn't yeah. see this one, but I did see the last Guy Ritchie thing, and that was very good. So. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me real quick of something from the last one. We mentioned Jake Gyllenhaal because this movie reminded me that he's got a movie coming out with Michael Bay in a couple months about like L.A. bank robbers that looks like kind of like Michael Bay's yeah. take on Heat. Okay. So it looks pretty good. We'll see. But Yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I take it back. J- Jason Statham is not in The Gentleman. but uh, Okay, yeah. but it's a Guy Ritchie movie. But it's a Guy Ritchie movie that was good. It was, it was sort of his throwback to, um, you know, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels exactly. and Snatch. That was The Gentleman. Wrath of Man takes place in L.A. Yeah, I see Correct. That. Okay. okay, so then I'll, I can give you my last two, and I yeah, think we're going to hit on one of... Yeah. So uh, Nightmare Alley. Yes. Which I saw the black and white version at the theater. Oh, it was very cool. Okay, this is definitely. I'm a sucker for slow burn film noir. Oh yeah, and this is that. I mean, yep. there isn't. You're not going to see superheroes jumping through windows and rescuing nope. people. It's a slow character study mm-hmm. with Bradley Cooper and uh, who else is in it? Um, oh, too many, too many people. Too uh, many. It's a huge cast. Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, I love his role too yes. at the. You know, the I'll circus. give you the cast. There's Willem Dafoe, Kate Blanchett, uh, Tony Collette, Rooney Mara, uh, David Strathen. Oh, um, he's great. Him and Tony Collette are so yeah, good in this. Yeah, they're great. Mary Steenburgen shows up for a minute. Ron Perlman's in this. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of all-star cast. Yeah. Literally an all-star cast. I yeah. mean, you know, and it's Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. It's his uh, follow-up to uh, uh, Shape of Water. Which won the Oscar? Right. A lot of people uh, were looking at this as one of the best movies of the year. Yeah. It came out. A lot of people kind of panned it uh, in a way, or didn't embrace it in the way that I thought they might. I only saw it recently because now it's on uh, it's on Hulu and HBO Max. Yeah, it's my number three movie of the year. Is it? It's okay. outstanding. Yeah, it really. I is. mean, the look of this thing oh. is just incredible. It's gorgeous. I mean, as much as I talk about Power of the Dog, uh, this movie's a little more stage bound, I think, in, yeah. in a way, but. 
boy, it does really recapture the 40s. Uh, it takes place right at the sort of beginning of World War II or not even, you know, Europe's involvement in World War II and not America's. So that comes later in the film because it does take place over a couple of years, you know, a few years where uh, you see uh, Bradley Cooper leave his home. He ends up at the carnival, takes a little job at the carnival, sort of setting up the tents. Yeah. Then he tries to he sort of befriends this uh, mentalism act. Yeah. And that's uh, David Strathairn and, and Tony Collette. Yeah. And he wants to learn that act. Yeah. And now look, Ed, look, if you look behind you, you will find the resources of how to be a mentalist. They are literally on the shelf up there behind <laughs> you on the top shelf. Okay. I have my little magic shelf oh, in mentalism. And I have the, you know, whatever the, the actual now, if you were going to do mentalism, there's two books. I forget what they're called. They're both up there. Really? So, and, and for me to see this in a major motion picture, I'm like, oh, this is as good as it gets. You know, I'm, I'm eating this up. Yeah. Because the magic stuff in there is actually completely 100% accurate. Right. They did such a great job with that, showing you how the act is done and all that stuff and, and what Bradley Cooper needed to learn to become. Because in the movie, he ends up becoming this, I'm, I'm kind of ruining it, but, you know, it takes place over many years. He has success yeah. with the act, yeah, and it kind of goes right. from there. But... um. What a great movie. But you, here's the thing. You got to stick with it because it's long. Oh, it is. It's a and, slow burn. And one of the things that they did so well in it is all of the stuff in the beginning, the stuff about becoming a magician, sort of the secrets of the carnival, of the geek act uh, mm-hmm. that, that is explained by yeah. William Defoe's character, that all pays off. Yeah. So don't be oh, like, yeah. oh, God, I'm so bored learning about the carnival. By the end of this movie, yeah. there's not a piece of information. There's not a visual clue that you're given that doesn't pay off by the end. Totally. It's one of it's it's genius the amount of stuff that they give you and how much of that, you know, we've all seen movies where like, oh, that never went anywhere. Why'd they even bother with that? Right. That never paid off. Everything in this it's movie off. pays off from patient. beginning to end. If you're patient, yeah. it is the classic fatalist uh Film noir kind of thing, femme fatale, uh, black, man, blackmail, ma- man who's in over his head stuff yeah, yeah. that you see in all those movies. Now, the Classic. thing that's so ironic about uh, film noir in this movie is, you know, film noir was kind of a cheap genre picture that they made in right. the 40s, and they made some great ones, and they made some real schlocky ones that weren't as good. And here you go. Well, here's a movie that they must have spent $200 million to make exactly. a modern take on film noir. Yeah, and it is. Uh, it's great. You see uh, the city of Buffalo. I, I had to look up. I guess it, they do mention, I think, that it takes place in Buffalo. I think but so. those are really those old uh, sort of 20s Art Deco buildings you see oh, I love are that. all uh, downtown uh, Buffalo. Because downtown Detroit has buildings like that, too. Oh, yeah. But, uh, so yeah. I'll take place in Buffalo. Again, I think this is a great movie if you're going to watch it at home because. You won't have to get up and pee. You can pause uh, yeah. it. It's a, and it's long. I forget exactly how long like it is. Like two and so a half. Two and a half, something like that, yeah. Good movie. It's on HBO Max. It's on Hulu. I, I Go watch it. it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's great. It. it is nominated for Best Picture, but I think a lot of people uh, just weren't into it, and I think it's the subject matter more than anything else. Yeah. But uh, Guillermo del Toro did a great job with this. Yeah, there's no, and, there's uh, no like political statement no, of any not at all. kind at all. Not at it's all. just a narrative. It is a narrative uh, sort of uh, fantasy. Yeah. Even though it does take place, there is reality sure. there. It's not a true story. 
It's just, uh, you know, be careful what you wish for. Exa- yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, yeah. bad people will get their... Karma. We'll get theirs, yeah. and good people will... I don't know if there's any good people in this movie, but... <laughs> I think the really cool thing, too, about him is they, they show a little bit of his backstory, but he really does kind of pop out of nowhere, yeah, yeah. you know? They show the stuff yeah. with the fire, but... Well, you, you don't know what happened there, and you're sympathetic to no. him in the beginning, and then as you learn more, you're kind of like, yeah, maybe this guy's going to get what he deserved, you right. know? It's a cool movie. Yeah, yeah that whole uh, thing with the billionaire or the millionaire... Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that was so interesting and so well done. With the, I also I said to Layla because now while Layla, this is not on her Sleepy Awards. Uh, we're watching this on the couch on a Sunday. Hour in, she's out. Yeah, she slept through the whole you rest could, of the fucking movie. Yeah, you could fall asleep. In yeah, I said to her because it was over, and she goes, "God, I liked it. Why didn't you wake me up?" I go, "You were sleeping too good." I go, "I liked it." This might have been a better HBO series. Yeah, could have. You could totally see this as an HBO series. Like well, there was Carnival, right? That sort of oh, right. the same turf. But you could see this as one of those sort of historical, you know, AMC or HBO uh, kind of series. But it was great. Loved the, it. The um, what was I going to say? Uh, here's a little tidbit. My Amanda fell asleep during uh, the, ba- <laughs> the, the the Batman. Okay, <laughs> at the theater. At the well, theater. I guess yeah. As just but to be out, fair, yeah. we probably yeah. should have, she had a long day. At work, three hours. I looked over. She, yeah, it, it really is three hours. It's epic, but. Uh, should they give you an intermission on a three-hour movie, Jason? What's your take? No, I don't need it, but for some people, yeah. I wouldn't have any problem yeah, with it. Yeah, but, but not. But so you take the three-hour movie, you put an intermission, now you got a three-hour and 15-minute movie. Right, and do we want that? Yeah, do we want that? Yeah. Because that was... Uh, 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 what did that? Oh, no, 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 but uh, West Side Story, another long movie. Oh, was that yeah. really long? Yeah. Yeah, that's long, too, so yeah. anyway. Anything else on your good list? I seem like you got one more. I one do more? have one more. What's I know that? the one that you're thinking of. Oasis Nebworth. <laughs> okay. All right. Saw the th- went to the theater and saw it. Yeah. Uh, Amanda loves Oasis. Was we this your Oasis. number one movie of the year or was that Summer of Soul? Summer of Soul and this were probably right there. Okay, yeah. This, the thing is, man, and you and I, I mean, you're a little bit older than me, but we the 90s were a big time for yeah. us. and. This is, and Noel Gallagher said it recently, too. Again, this, if for those folks that don't know, Joel and I, again, are really huge Oasis fans. Yeah. This is a movie about, uh, it was two shows, right? Yeah, 95, summer 95. 95. The Nebworth, which is a, a gigantic concert venue field area. Well, it's a, it's an estate. It's an it's estate. It's a house. That's right. And they inter- I think they interview the people who they live do. there, they right? Do, yeah. yeah. It's like some uh, lord or some sort of, yeah. you know, tangentially uh, royal, you know? Yeah. And this is at the height, like the peak of, maybe just before their peak of popularity. What's the story? Morning Glory just had come just come out. Yeah, think, but they were yeah. already playing songs. They were supporting it, yeah. Yeah, but they were already playing songs from the next record, yeah. Be Here Now, because they played, uh, I think they played Be Here Now. Yeah. And, you know, this is before everybody in the audience had a cell phone. Yeah. It's just... It's just and a that's the point, that's a point in the movie, too. Yeah, exactly. They talk about that. And it, it, they do a thing at the beginning about how hard it was to get tickets. And yeah. this is Oasis. The songs are great. Well, people calling on the phone. Right. To, you know, because it, it's, it's funny. It's 95, which doesn't feel that long ago. No, but so but, much about going to concerts and buying tickets and all that has changed. Since, oh, it's since so, then, like, yeah, online. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing, like, the, the complaint I have about this is a complaint I have about just about every concert documentary. Can we stop with the quick cuts? I yeah, can't stand right. That. It would have been nice to see more full performances, full, uh, just camera. And set. they also sort of, um, you know, it was two days, 
and they cut back and forth. Right. Sometimes the same exact song, right? And they're wearing different, different clothes. Liam's got that, sweater but they're the not presenting night. it as two different. And like you know, John Squire from the Stone Roses comes up and plays right. Champagne Supernova with them, right? And his, you know, and they're playing his guitar solo. And from one angle, he's wearing one. They cut to the other angle of him. I know, and he's wearing a whole different outfit. I don't like so, that. Yeah, I don't like that yeah. that ADHD editing. I, yeah. I just can't stand yeah. that. Uh, I I was I was watching a Iron Maiden concert video, and I actually timed it. For the fir- I had to turn it off. Uh, the first song, there was a cut every like one point yeah, five second. I yeah. can't do it, man. I, yeah. It just drives it gives me a headache. It, it, it drives you nuts. But you know, I understand why they did it the way they did it. They try to present it as, you know, one full show, right? And I think they kind of go song by song, right? That's why and they that's do. Kind of yeah. how they did it the way they did it. But it's really well done. I it mean, it, especially like for me. You know, 90s, you know, I was in my 20s. Oh, yeah. Um, I went to England in the 90s. I went to festivals. I went to Reading twice. Yeah, I, I went to once in 2000, but I went to Reading in 94. I went to Reading in 2000. I went to Glastonbury in 92. Ooh. I went to uh, the V Festival in 2000. So I went to a lot of these British festivals. I saw Oasis at Reading in 2000. So not in Ebworth, but I did see Oasis in England. Which was unbelievable, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Who was at Glastonbury '92? Nobody's super famous. It was sort of a comeback year for them. Would that have been like a like a? The draw for me was uh, a band called Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine. They were around in the early '90s. Oh, yeah. A British band, Blur, was on that uh, bill, but Blur was only on their first record, so they yeah. weren't. They were on a second stage. They weren't like headliners. Sure, Tom Jones. Showed the, up. The Tom Jones? The Tom Jones wow. uh, did sort of the afternoon. They have something called the Legends performance, and it's like Sunday afternoon. Yeah. They put on a legend, and okay. uh, it was Tom Jones. Cool. Uh, Fishbone was on that oh, uh, thing. Fishbone. The yeah. Fall uh, Television reunited for that festival. There was yeah, no, they, like, there was Seattle no, stuff? No, because they book. Uh, they book Glastonbury pretty early, right? And so it was really mostly British acts. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of big American acts. I mean, Fishbone was on that one. Um, you know, there were bands like Ned's Atomic Dustbin, Lush, I remember, remember them, Catherine yeah. Wheel. Oh, I uh, love the Catherine Frank and Wheel. Walters. They were all on this kind of the side stage. Um, if you want to watch really good Glastonbury footage, and if you haven't looked this up yet, look up uh, 1994. Oasis at Glastonbury. Oh. The full show's up. Okay. It's like 30 minutes. So we're talking before uh, before the Definitely Maybe came out. Oh, okay. oh wow. So they would have had um, uh, Supersonic and Shaker Maker out. And I don't believe Live Forever was out yet. Wow. And you can see it. I think it's 30 minutes. But it's them playing on the second stage of Glastonbury in the middle of the afternoon. And I've watched the whole thing on YouTube in the last... Two years. Uh, if you're an Oasis fan, watch that because they're playing. I got it. Stuff you know they're playing rock and roll star and nobody knows it. That's you know, and it's crazy to see you know basically the whole uh, because I think the deal is, and I think I've seen an, an interview, and and maybe some of this footage was in Supersonic where Noel talks about we had made the record. But it hadn't come out yet. We're right. talking about definitely maybe. Right. So nobody's... and so here we are playing definitely maybe to this field. Uh, anyway, that was glass. They're not singing great. along. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I loved uh, Oasis Nebworth, and uh, I'll also say that uh, my buddy Tom McCarthy, the host of Comedy yeah. Castle podcast, yeah. also a huge Oasis fan. Is he really? And he only found that out recently about me 
because he listened to Joel Radio when we talked about Oasis. The last oh, time no kidding. So, yeah, Tom wants to talk Oasis with me. Oh, point. I would so love to. Maybe the three of us will get together. Oh, I could do that all day. Side note, a band you mentioned, one of my all-time favorite, top five all-time, I love Catherine Wheel. Yeah, like, Catherine Wheel's great. fucking great. Yeah, I, I, no, I, yeah. I saw them open for NXS. That was okay, the, yeah. Uh, that was the only time I got to see them in concert. It's, yeah. uh, those songs uh, They They great. played St. Andrew's Hall at some point, yeah. and I went... Uh, they might have even been the opening act. I can't remember. But I saw them there, and I saw them at uh, the Glastonbury uh, thing. And uh, what's the name of the singer of that group? Rob I th- Dickinson. He's I think the it was Rob. Cousin of Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. Uh, one of those guys, and God, it's probably in a box somewhere. I think it was Rob. Uh, I was pen pals with them briefly. How's and that? And I have a postcard. You know, they would always put the P.O. box in, oh, the, yeah. in the album. And I would, in the 90s, I would write to yeah. everybody. Oh, yeah. You know, and they'd, some people would send me stuff, and some people would write letters back. Very cool. And uh, I know one of the guys from K. I never met him, but uh, I do have a letter, a postcard. Very cool. You know, it was like the album cover postcard. Sure. And just wrote on the back, you know, I'd written. Do you- you know, I saw you at Glastonbury and stuff. That's it was cool really stuff. Cool. Do you, and he wrote me back, and uh, it was nice. Do you remember a uh, concert venue called Clutch Cargos? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw Catherine Wheel there, and I saw Foo Fighters there. Yeah. Which was crazy. They would play that because they were just getting Yeah, really they great. were just getting going. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. All right, uh, what else do we got? Now, I've got some more things that would be considered good movies that uh, didn't make my top. Okay. But let's go through some of those. Sure uh, Velvet Underground documentary, speaking of music docs on Apple TV, it just, for pure numbers, it had to leave my list. Right. A guy named Todd Haynes, who's made a lot of yeah. good movies, made that one. And uh, boy, I, I really like Velvet Underground a lot more after I saw that. Yeah. I've I never... always liked him, but I think you might get into it if you see that movie. Yeah, I like him too. I've never done a deep dive, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Uh, Drive My Car is nominated for Best Picture. It's a good movie, but by no means should you sit for three hours on HBO Max and watch that like I did. It doesn't seem like the kind of movie that needed to be three hours. It was good, but it wasn't that good. Sure. Um, House of Gucci, I know you reviewed it on the show before. I finally saw it, and there's a lot to like, and there's a lot to dislike, I think, with House of Gucci. I think some of the Italian accents... I was actually going to get to that, Kind of phony. Yeah, I... Yeah. I... um, did I mention that? But do, oh, I think we talked about it when we were at the hotel. Yeah, we talked about it when we did that show. I mean, it was good, but it's the same thing as that O.J. Simpson thing. I'm like, what yeah. am I? Jared, yeah. Jared, as an Italian, you should want to kick Jared Leto. Yeah, I mean, what is some of that stuff. Hey, you're making my pizza. I, I so thought Gaga bad. did a great job. Oh, that. I really like Gaga. On Her that. and Adam were great. Uh, and Adam, but Adam, even Adam Driver's accent after a point, I was kind of like, all right. Yeah. I love you, Adam, you know, but it didn't work for Lady me. Lady Gaga was the highlight um, of the movie for sure. Did you see West Side Story? Because uh, that's out. You can watch that I at home now. I didn't see that, no. It's on uh, Disney Plus and I think HBO Max. How would uh, and, uh, how well, did, how did Ansel do as the lead? Is he look? It's fine. Is it okay? I mean, if you didn't like the old West Side Story, you won't like this one. I think one of the things, um, and I haven't seen the old one in years and years and years, is they tried to take it, uh, make it a little a stage bound, okay, and try to show oh, this cool. is really New York, yeah. and they did shoot a lot of it on the streets of New York and other places. That's cool. Uh, and by using digital technology, they could recreate a lot of the stuff sure. that's no longer there. I thought that was good, but you know, it's the same songs. Right. Apparently, uh, some of them have be re- been reordered. I read the Wikipedia of the new one, but you know, if you're not into s- musicals, I think you can skip it. But I love you know, musicals; I just haven't gotten. You to know, it. Spielberg did a good job. Um, Dune is nominated for Best Picture. 
I thought it was fine. Same. You know? It was there. I mean, one of the problems with Dune, and it's a little bit of a spoiler, it's not even the whole fucking story. Exactly. It's literally Dune Part 1. Right. It ends... Almost not even on a cliffhanger. It just sort of ends. No, they're just like... It's just like the credits start rolling. And right. you're like, what the fuck's about to happen? There's a whole right. army's getting together and yeah. you don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I thought Dune was, was, was well done. And but... I love the director, but some of it just has looked like a Calvin Klein commercial yeah. to me. These beautiful yeah. young people. What's the name of that young lady who... Uh, yeah, she's in the Spider-Man movies. Zendaya. She's, she's gorgeous. And then the the is it Timothy Chalamet? Timothy Chalamet. And these are beautiful people, but yeah. it's, sometimes it's a little like... Wind blowing hair, and it just seems yeah. it comes off as a little yeah, pretentious. Dune, uh, Dune uh, you know, it was good. It's nominated for best picture, but I agree, it's it just sort of there. Um, one of the best documentaries named Flea. You can watch this on Hulu. F L E E is about a guy. Uh, he tells his story about how he fled Afghanistan. Oh, nice! And it's animated. Oh, Which wow. is interesting for a story like that. That is. I, I didn't love it, but it is nominated for Best Documentary, Best Foreign Film, a bunch of stuff. Did it was you, pretty good. Did you see the documentary? I, this has been at the top of my list. Did you see the Val Kilmer documentary? No, but well, I heard it was cool. Yeah. I think that's on Hulu? Or where do you on see that? Prime. It's on Prime. Okay, I mean, yeah. He has, like, he, he had a video camera, like, w- when he was filming Top Gun, and he was, like, reco- he's got footage from all these old movies he was in, like backstage oh, okay. stuff, which That's is neat. Great. Yeah, and of course we know too he had his cancer and obviously yeah. has a difficult time, which is really sad to yeah. see. Yeah, well, Val Kilmer, I, I, tell me this: he always sort of had that reputation for being a bit of an asshole, right. and I think this documentary I think humanizes him from I what I've heard. I, agree. I, I haven't seen. It, I think but. he's maybe been a little misunderstood, but yeah. Um, uh, Parallel Mothers. Yeah, uh, this is uh, uh, boy. Uh, Parallel Mothers. She's nominated for Best Actress. Penelope Cruz oh, yeah. is the star of Parallel Mothers. Uh, it's a Pedro Amaldovar movie. It's yeah. in Spanish, so it is subtitled. Right. Uh, I think you have to rent this, as I did. But, um, you know, Pedro Amaldovar makes um, movies of a certain genre. Do you know what genre that is, Jason? It's called Next. Spanish People with oh. Great Apartments. Oh, gonna... <laughs> That's the genre of Pedro Te- tele- Amaldovar movies. Telemundo? Is that, um, uh... No, he makes a lot of uh, sort of queer cinema. Okay. Uh, he's a gay man, and he makes a lot of queer cinema. There are queer elements to Parallel Mothers, but it's basically about uh, two women who give birth on the same day okay. in their lives. Parallel Mothers, yeah. Um, it's very, very incredibly boring for 30 minutes. <laughs> it gets incredibly good for the next hour. And the ending stunk. Uh, so go. I'm not really recommending Parallel Mothers, but they did nominate Penelope Cruz. And since I see all of the nominated stuff, I went out of my way to see it. Yeah. But you don't need to. Okay. Fair um, enough. <laughs> documentary called Ascension, which is about China. Okay. You can watch that on maybe Rent It. I think I rented it. Ascension. It's actually pretty great. It's kind of just a collage of footage. It's almost like a nature documentary about China. Okay. But it's about the people of China and sort of what they do and how they live their lives and kind of weird. Like there's this whole thing about a Chinese water park. Looks like the greatest water park you've ever seen in your entire life. But it's in China. Right. Very odd. Um, It's nominated for Best Documentary. It was cool, but didn't make my list. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, one of the other things I saw at the theater was A Quiet Place Part 2. Yes. Good movie. Yeah. Not as good as Quiet Place Part 1. No, I think that that world has some really interesting stories. And yeah. instead, I felt like they kind of did like the hostage crisis. Yeah, a little that. bit. Just... It, 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 
it got less good as it went along. It did. Here's one of the great things they do, and I don't think it's a spoiler. Oh. Uh, if you've seen Quiet Place 1, and you should, because that's a really good movie. It is. Uh, the flashback to what happened before Quiet Place 1 right. might be the best part of Quiet Place At 2. At the beginning. That's the unbelievable. Game, yeah. Well, John Krasinski's in it, and, you yeah. know, he doesn't make it to Quiet Place 2. Is, but you can see his character in the flashback. And he directed And that's these, a great, and he directed him and you know he's married to Emily Blunt. And who we, the we star, love and who, who we love. Emily Blunt. And you spent the day with I spent the day with Emily Blunt. Lucky son of a I guy. spent the day with Emily Blunt like I'm in a chair, Emily Blunt is about 15 feet away and I'm staring at her. That was the day who I would spent be? with Emily. She's Blunt. great. She's awesome. Yeah. But uh, uh so that's my that's the rest of my good stuff. You got anything else good that we didn't talk about? I was going to say too I love Killian Murphy. Um Yeah. The uh, no, I think I've pretty much covered things that I thought were made, were pretty impactful. Um, yeah, but, do you want to talk about uh, some worst movies? Uh, I would of the love year? to. Yeah, all right, go ahead, give us some worst. Here's a couple. Um, so I thought that uh, where is it? Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, I didn't see it. Um, you know, I think this is a problem with a lot, a lot of pop culture. I think it's a, I think it's a huge problem with Star Wars. Yeah, I, it's nostalgia. Yeah, it's you know, it, there's nothing moving us forward. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, you know, there. I don't want to tell you this and ruin it, but mm. there's a thing with like. Just so you know, I will probably see it, okay. but I haven't seen it yet. Fair enough. Yeah, I just think that the way that they handle some of the nostalgic aspects yeah. is really cheap and almost I don't know to use the word offensive but just tacky well you know Ghostbusters is one of those things that the original Ghostbusters is one of the greatest movies ever made oh totally. Ghostbusters 2 it's pretty good but it's basically Ghostbusters 1 I agree it's a remake uh, yeah. the Lady Ghostbusters which is basically Ghostbusters 1 kind of stunk yeah and this one you know I'm hearing mixed stuff on it so it's 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 definitely a thing where they've not been able to expand that universe and make it interesting. I think it's weird. It's just the origin story. That's what's interesting about Ghostbusters. The rest of it is... And it's the cast. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's Ivan Reitman, director, dead. Harold Ramis, writer, star, dead. dead. I mean, what what's left to do with this thing other than, you know, people can't leave it alone. Oh, there's not much. And they try to... You know, through the eyes of the kids, kind of give it a, like a Stranger Things element. Yeah, I mean, Finn yeah. Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Well, is they, in it. It, I mean, it, it Stranger Things definitely gives you the Ghostbusters vibe. Oh, it yeah, it gives you the Spielberg vibe. It gives you that. But 80s. that's nostalgia done right. Yeah, it is with it something is, yeah. new. Yeah, this just. I like that a, movie, a Super Eight that J.J. Abrams made. That a few was years good. Ago. That's a good. People movie. have forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, Str- when movie. I saw Stranger Things, I went like, "This is like Super Eight. Super this is exactly Super Eight. Exactly. But anyway, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, not 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 a horrible movie. Yeah, I mean, a good uh, effort, but I could see where that wouldn't be good, not having not seen it. But go ahead. Uh, let's see. I had um, the Many Saints of Newark. Didn't see it. Yeah, because um, it was about everything except the Sopranos. Okay, and, and it was really weird too. As a big fan of Sopranos, like they, they got like the characters are younger. They like got the ages wrong. Yeah. And it, it just didn't make any sense. And then I think here's the worst part about it, though. It almost makes it bad retroactively. So when this movie came out, David Chase, who created Sopranos, mm-hmm. signed this new deal with HBO. So everybody assumes 
You got Michael Gandolfini. Yeah. This is going to be the beginning of something. And it's not. He just wanted to do one movie. Well, and he didn't even direct this movie. He right. wrote it and produced it. But right. apparently his wife was ill. Okay. And that's because I've seen interviews with David. I've met, you know, I've met David Chase. Have you? He seems kind of like a miserable dude. He was he? not great. He made, uh, was it Don't Look Back? He made like this movie about a rock band oh, in the 60s. Yeah. Did you ever see that movie? No. It wasn't very good. Okay. But he, uh, the Metro Detroit screening of that, you know, they did a little and Corey Hall, our late yeah. partner yeah, and yeah. beloved man, Corey Hall from yeah. this show, yeah. uh, actually hosted the screening oh, cool. and interviewed David. And I got to talk to David a little bit after that. And, and that was cool to meet him. Was he prickly? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't, you know, it's kind of like, all right. Yeah. I get it. But, you know, I talked to him a little bit about rock and roll because, uh, you know, he's from Jersey and he grew up on, you know, sort of the Jersey Shore, Springsteen, Springsteen kind yeah. of scene. And a lot of the in that movie, I think it was called Don't Look Back or whatever it was, uh, used a lot of those musicians, all the Jersey Shore guys. Oh. Stevie Van Zant uh, did the music for it and stuff. And so it was cool to talk to him about that. But uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I didn't see many Saints of Newark. Yeah, I heard it wasn't that great. I think so. that's ultimately the real shame of it. It's yeah. like, like, oh, this is the beginning of something. Yeah. You, got, you know, and it just was. Oh, there, and again, there's really bad. Did you watch The Sopranos? I did. And, you know, if you don't have Gandolfini, you can't do that show. I'm sorry. Not I, really. You can't. His kid, whatever. It just doesn't. He was that show. As much as the sporting cast was great on that show. Um, he really was. You know, what, you're going to do a Paulie Walnuts movie? I mean, fuck off with that. You know, right. you can't do Sopranos <laughs> without Gandolfini. So, There's a couple you know. of really embarrassing, like, fan service moments. Yeah, I like, bet. Like, uh, if I can. So, um, Christopher's a baby. Yeah. And somebody hands Christopher to Tony. Okay. And Christopher starts crying. And he's like, oh, I don't know what it was, why he hates me. Yeah. And then, like, the aunt is like, oh, you know, he knows something that's going to bet. <laughs> they even have uh, Michael Imperioli doing voiceover, but he's dead. And yeah. it make, they sh- it's just fucking weird. Yeah, okay. I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, let's see, some other bad ones. Oh, this is uh, this is so obviously that this would be bad that it doesn't even worth mentioning. But, um, yeah, Fast and Furious 9. Yeah. Okay. So, did you see it? I'm sure you did. You know what? I've uh, I've missed uh, I missed <laughs> that one, and boy, somehow all nine Fast and Furious have slipped through my fingers, Jason. I've not. Well, seen if I can give you a, and I just, uh, if you're listening, this will be a slight spoiler, but I have to say this because it's so funny. Please do. I will tell you that this is an actual line from the movie. I will give it to you without context, and you tell me what's going on here. So it's Ludacris and Tyree sitting in a car, and Ludacris actually says this. Yo, man, I can't believe this. We're just two guys from the hood driving a car through outer space. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I am not exaggerating. There is a car in outer space. Um, uh, yeah, that might be. That might be. Uh, they might have made too many of those. And then my last for. Really- well, you know, I have. A, let me just quickly say yeah, about course. Fast and Furious. These movies should just be called Fast and Furious. All of them. <laughs> Every single one should just be called Fast They're and Furious. Same movie. Just have them come out in Fast yeah. and Furious. People will still go. Oh, it affects the box office zero. Oh, they don't People care. People want to see the next Fast and Furious. They just go, it's Fast and Furious. They don't care. They don't care if it's good. They don't care if the one that came before it was good. They just see Fast and Furious. They, it's automatic. They go to Fans of those movies just automatically go been working on a bit about those movies and it's, yeah. i think i think it's it's been working because i think people are like yeah that's true it's a little bit of what you just said it's like yeah. it doesn't really fucking matter what's on there it's just the words yeah. and vin diesel has to say the word family a couple times and everybody will be good the other one the last one i'll tell you was one of my worst this okay I mean, this is gonna be a very unpopular unpo- opinion yes 
I don't think Amy Adams is a very good actress. Oh. And this movie, The Woman in the Window, oh. was one of the most pathetic oh. Hitchcock was ripoffs. That, was that a, a Netflix movie or yeah, something? Boy, yeah, what I a didn't piece of shit. Uh, I, I don't even have words for this. It's just well, the I, dumbest. I, I watched the Kristen Bell series, The Girl in the House Across from the Lady in now, the Window. Now, is that a parody? It like is a, a parody, but it's it doesn't really work either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one wasn't good either. But yeah. Anyway. And I, you know, Amy Adams seems like a, a very yeah. lovely person. I just can't get into her as an actress. Yeah, I, I didn't see that. Don't one, like but, it. Uh, a bad. Okay. Uh, hey, you know what sucks? What Netflix movies? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a pattern here. So let's talk about Don't Look Up. Oh God. Which I completely hated. Oh God. I you thought it. I else. thought. I mean, look, it's Adam McKay. Yeah. I, maybe my movie of the year was Vice. The year that came out, oh, that I thought was that was unbelievably great. Vice was great. Uh, the story of uh, what was his what's Dick his Cheney. Name? Dick Cheney, great movie. Yeah. Uh, God damn it, did I hate Don't Look Up? Oh. Great cast. Oh. You know Leo DiCaprio, which is enough to get me to watch yeah. it. Yeah, and I watched it. I, I sat DiCaprio. down with the rest of America and watched this thing. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who they gave absolutely nothing for her to do, she does nothing in this movie. Right. She literally does nothing in this movie. <laughs> Complete bore fest. The comedy didn't work. Uh, I mean, it's supposed to be some sort of thriller as well about, you know, this asteroid crashing into Earth. Right. That didn't work for me. Um, you know, and, and of course, it's all a parallel to uh, the environment yeah. and this environment is going to destroy. It's like a metaphor. It didn't for work for me at all either. I mean, not that I don't care about the environment, but it was kind of preachy and pretentious. Yeah, that didn't work for me either. Fucking sucked. Yeah. This thing's nominated for Best Picture. I don't know who Netflix paid off. I have or fucking suck. Well, first of all, Power of the Dog is Netflix, and I like that. Okay, That's so the in Netflix's the defense, but fuck you, Netflix, <laughs> and fuck the Lost Daughter, which is also on Netflix and got oh. Oscar nominations. This movie stunk. This is Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut, and as much as I like Maggie Gyllenhaal in a movie, I like her a lot. God damn it, did Lost Daughter stink? I didn't see oh, that. Olivia Coleman. Is this lady who's on vacation and uh, this family and it's uh, it's 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 uh, what's Don Johnson's daughter? Oh, uh, oh, Dakota, Dakota, whatever. Dakota, Dakota Fanning. No, it's not Dakota. <laughs> right. Dakota Johnson. Of course, Dakota Don Johnson's Johnson. daughter is Dakota oh, yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Duh. So Dakota Johnson Crockett. shows up with her family and they're this obnoxious American family. And there's uh, a kid. Dakota Johnson's kid right. uh, is befriended by Olivia Coleman. Who's great, by the way. Who's great. But this movie goes nowhere. Yeah. It meanders all over the place. Ed Harris is in there. He does nothing. Oh, he's, he hasn't Skip been in a movie in a long time. Skip Lost Daughter. It sucked. I already, I already have. I'm, it I'm sucked. Yeah. Worst, one of the worst movies of the year. And another Oscar-nominated movie that everyone... Don't even try. Sure. You might want to try. And Okay, I'll make exceptions for who should try. But if you try to watch The Tragedy of Macbeth, right. which is Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers yeah. directing Denzel Washington okay. in a very literal Shakespeare uh, retelling. So far, sounds pretty cool. Black and white. Okay, I'm still with it's you. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. Okay. You can't watch it. What? You can't watch it. Ah, what? Look, it's Shakespeare. Oh. And when I say Shakespeare, I mean West Side Story is Shakespeare. That's Romeo and Juliet. True. You know? True. Done through modern, a modern lens. There's no modern lens. This is just Shakespeare presented as Shakespeare. Oh. 
I did not know what the fuck was happening in this. It's not even set in modern times. It's not set in modern times. It's very stage bound. And, you know, it's Macbeth told uh, essentially on sound stages. They do shoot some stuff to look like it's outside, but it's black and white. It's all, it's literally like if you got Macbeth, you could read along with the movie. If you got like a book of Macbeth. See, I've been, and, there, been there, done that. Like, uh, I, I like modern retellings. I think I, cool. It's not a modern retelling. It's literally Shakespeare. I did not know what was happening. <laughs> Fuck this movie. Who else is? And in Denzel's it? great. Denzel's the uh, best. I'll, I'll tell you who's in it because it's all good people. Denzel did uh, much ado about nothing, so that's he's done Shakespeare and movie. I before. wanted. I thought it might be cool. I mean, it's Joel Cohen. Yeah. One of the best directors in the world. But it's one half of... He, he must love Shakespeare and had a jonesing. And I think they even... I, I've seen an interview with uh, uh, Ethan, right? Ethan's the brother. Think, yeah. Joel is the director of the Coen brothers. Okay. And Ethan's the producer. Right. Generally, they co-write. Right. So here, uh, I think Joel did it because I think it was something Ethan gave an interview and went like, I'm not doing that Shakespeare shit. No. It was something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, but... Uh, uh, it just does not work. I mean, skip this movie. And look, you're, it's on Apple TV. You might get to have that already, and you go, "Oh, what's the what's the harm?" It's Denzel. Denzel's great. Denzel is great. It's probably like eight and a half hours long. I. It's not. It's hour forty five. Oh, it's not bad. But yeah, here's uh, here's some cast for you. Francis McDormand is Lady Macbeth. Love her. Uh, and of course, she's married to Joel Cohen, so she's in all. Of oh, his that's stuff. right, she is. Uh, Brendan Gleeson shows up. Love in this. him. He's great. Stephen Root shows up. Stephen Root is excellent. Who's Stephen Root again? Uh, Office Space. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. swing line stapler, oh. and he's in Barry. He's uh, he's uh, the boss in Barry. That's if you've seen last, Barry, that's the last straw. Yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. last straw. <laughs> I'm gonna bring your piece down. <laughs> he's great. There's some other people. I guess there's not a whole lot of famous people besides them in this, but. God damn it! Do not watch the tragedy of Macbeth. Do, do you know? Are you are you pretty schooled in Shakespeare overall? Because I mean, I read some of it like in high school and college, but I always disliked it. Yeah, I always wanted a modern retelling. Yeah, I believe when I read stuff like As You Like It and stuff like that, I would get the Cliff Notes. Yeah. to sort of help me with them. it. Uh, because look, all of modern storytelling is in Shakespeare. I get that. Right. I get that plots of movies are drawn, but you can make a. You don't have to use the Shakespearean language no, to make Shakespeare work. No, you don't. You don't. You but don't. some people love that part Nobody of it, the poetry like of that. And people love it. And if you love it, watch Tragedy of Macbeth. But if you're like me, don't watch it. When I was teaching English in college and I would check my schedule and I'd have to teach Shakespeare, yeah. I'd be like, fuck, because I love Shakespeare, but it's such a chore to teach yeah. it. It's yeah, I bet. To, I bet. And I, I understand the Ooh. challenge and I understand that. There are people that literally don't like Shakespeare for that reason. But, I mean, so much of, you know, Western modern narrative storytelling comes from Shakespeare that you almost can't ignore it. Right. But I think if you watch modern retellings like West Side Story, there's been a million of them over the years. Right. Those are better versions. Well, even like Baz Luhrmann did that yeah. Romeo and Juliet, yeah, which they yeah. did use the language, mm-hmm. but it was still like a Venice yeah, Beach. You, yeah, it's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. With, All right, you want to go through these Oscar movies real yeah, quick and, and try to tell you what's going to win or what we're predicting? Yeah. All right, we're going to tell you what I would like to win and what I think is going to win. Got it. Uh, at Best Picture, we've got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. 
What should win, Jason? What should win, I would say Belfast. Okay. What will win is Power of the Dog. Yeah, I would say probably of these, uh, Nightmare Alley should probably win. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm hearing there's a lot of movement for Coda recently, which of, I know you didn't see it, but yeah, I would probably say Power of the Dog is the favorite there. Although a lot of uh, if Co- if Belfast wins, I'm totally cool with that because that was a great movie. So well, I think too, uh, you know, and I don't know how much this will affect it, but the Sam Elliott thing, you know, it, it, people saw as like a. Uh, a judgment against wokeness or acceptance. Yeah, so I can see because that there's homosexual like, stuff in this movie. But, I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. It, right. All right. On the same note, director Belfast, uh, Kenneth Branagh, Drive My Car, Ryusuke Hamaguchi, Nigger's Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson, Power of the Dog, Jane Campion, and West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. What's should win? What's going to win? Oh Jason? gosh, I should win Belfast by Kenneth Branagh. And yeah. if there's a god in heaven, he will win for that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say uh, Jane Campion, Power of the Dog. Okay. For what I liked and well, what, yeah, I, uh, what I was... what I what uh, I think will win. That's also a stunning looking movie. Too. Yeah, it is a stunning looking movie. Uh, best adapted screenplay. Uh, well, you want to do the screenplays quickly? Uh, Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, Lost Daughter, Power of the Dog. What do you think? I think that's adapted. I think that uh, Dune actually has a really good oh, chance okay, at yeah, that. Yeah, that was a cool adaption yeah. of that. Uh. Adapted, uh, Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Worst Person in the World, which I didn't see because even though I heard that was... But these are best original, right? These are original. uh, What do you get? I guess Belfast, you got to go for it. I would say that too. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, before we get into the actors, she's here. Ladies and gentlemen, the lady who has made up her own category every year. She is known for the Sleepy Awards. The movies that she fell asleep in during 2021 and generally didn't like. <laughs> Layla, my girlfriend, tell us about the sleepies. What did I put on my sleepies? Like? I have your I sleepies forgot. here. Let's talk about it. House of Gucci. That was very disappointing. Well, you hated the accents, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the accents, accents were, were bad. Were bad. They were really bad. Especially yeah. Jared Leto. Yeah, like I thought he was making fun of Italians. So did I. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. It was well, bad. I turned to her at one point and went like, because remember, I remember you reviewing it on the show. Yeah. And I go, that's Jared Leto. Right. Because you said you watched the whole movie and didn't know it was Jared Leto. For, yeah. Was that you or for a lot of it you didn't know it was for Jared For a lot Leto. of it, it occurred and to I me went, later, I went yeah. to her and went like, oh, that's Jared Leto. He's under all kinds of prosthetics. He would have been less stereotypically. He would have come out in a Super Mario <laughs> uniform and yeah. spinning a pizza on his finger. Yeah, hey, it, was, it was so weird. Yeah, yeah, you and, did not like that. Can one. I just say this too? Don't yeah. we think that Al Pacino has fallen into the yeah. Robert De Niro point? In his He's career? kind of a parody of himself. Exactly, now. Yeah. him too. Yeah, good call. Yeah, good call, Layla. All right, Layla, you also got Licorice Pizza. Yeah, that was. That was our Christmas we Eve movie. Yeah, well, I talked about it one. already, but we saw it after. Jason really enjoyed it. He likes oh, Paul Thomas did. Anderson. But... I did, but I totally hear you. There I, were I hear... parts of it were okay. The parts of it were very charming, but you, Joel was saying like there wasn't a lot of story. And nothing and it... happened. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. no purpose. Not, not really. Not really. No. <laughs> uh, don't look up. We just talked about oh. that. Neither of us liked it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think no. that meteor should hit that um, movie. Yeah. Now I, this this was on my favorites, but you didn't like it, Spencer. Nope. Horrible. Yeah. I still don't understand how you liked it. Uh, I, we went through this pretty well with Did Spencer. Did you like Spencer? I mean, it's... Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I liked it because it was different, and it's kind of an angle that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. yeah. But, it's an interesting take on 
her story. I not think, a crime to not like that one, though, for sure. I could I see why people wouldn't like and it. Maybe it was more because of the Kristen Stewart that I Yeah, you don't like, like Kristen Stewart. I'm not a fan. But here's the thing about Kristen Stewart and me. I don't know those Twilight movies. I, I never saw them. So either. to me, she was almost playing that same kind of part. Ooh. Well, there you like, go. There was that... no... Huh. I thought you did a good job of doing... See, I never I... saw the Twilight movies either. I have okay. no idea. I feel like she has no dimension well, in her that's acting. Why, that's why we, uh, we disagree. Uh, and God, we just... Literally, you can probably smell the fresh dump that I just took on Lost Daughter. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I yeah, know. That was bad. Well, here's the thing. We, you know, when we get Again, into... Again, there is no purpose of the movie. When we get into Oscar season, I sort of um, predict the movies that may get nominated. Right. And so we see, you know, and, and they were... It was this year, it was Spencer and Lost Daughter and some of the stuff that was already out on streaming services and right. that and Lost Daughter was one of the ones like oh this is a can't miss Layla no you have to understand it's Livia Coleman she's going to be great in this god we hated that yeah yeah but then as we got deeper into Oscar season it was kind of creepy with the doll and stuff you started to see stuff you did like though <laughs> right what the the stuff that I made a little list that was yeah. Layla may like this Oscar movie yeah and then and we, we watched to watch those mm-hmm. and in, in the in the movies that Layla might watch was King Richard yeah which you liked uh, we didn't talk about Tick Tick Boom I don't think yet but that was Andrew Garfield uh, playing oh, the, right, yeah. the playwright who wrote Rent yes and this was sort of an adaptation of his earlier play that he did before Rent that yes. was really good. Uh, and we watched that one. You loved Coda. I did. I cried. You thought Coda was maybe the best movie of the year, right? Yes. 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 Uh, West Side Story was pretty good. There was something else we just watched that I really liked. Well, you liked Red Rocket. Oh yeah. Yeah, Red Rocket was good. But yeah, Coda was probably yeah. My Coda favorite. and then Belfast. I I fell asleep. No, did you, you didn't no, f- I. I, I fell asleep. You during fell asleep Nightmare. during Nightmare Alley, even though but you not liked it, because I thought it was a sleepy. So it is award. not a sleepy <laughs> no. award winner. It's a slow burn. It's a slow it, burn, yeah. and she's one oh. night when I'm at work, she's going to try to watch the last hour and whatever she missed. Nightmare Alley. Alley. I literally fell asleep good. sitting up because it was good. Watching. And you liked Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, considering I didn't know who they really yeah. were. But it ended yeah, that's up being interesting. Good. Yeah. All right, Layla. Yeah. Well, that was the Sleepy Awards with Yay. Layla. Thank you, Layla. You're welcome. We just got to do a couple Oscar categories, wrap this up, and uh, we're done. Okay. But thank you for being on with us. You're welcome. And thank you for watching all these movies. It wasn't mm-hmm. always a great time, but mm-hmm. then it ended up and being now a great time. Now it's my time for movies. Oh, my God. Pick. What garbage teenage Netflix shit are we going to be watching? See what kind of stuff I do with? <laughs> it's abuse. I sit here and watch all of well, these didn't, movies. Didn't I say during CODA, I go... This feels like one of your kind of movies. You did. The girl in high school who's trying to get a man or whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> whatever. Thanks, Layla. Whatever that means. Love Goodbye. You. Love you. Uh-huh. Love you. Uh-huh. Love you. Uh-huh. We're going on vacation next week. It's going to be great. Yay. 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 Ten All right. Days. All right. See you, Layla. Bye. Bye. Well, do you want to do the Oscar predictions with us? No. no. You just got off of work. Go relax. <laughs> Jeez, oh, man. You see what I? Uh, yeah, thanks, Layla, for everything. Better, and, uh, uh, make some room in the thank doghouse. Thank you, Layla. We love Layla. Don't you love Layla, Jason? I love Layla. We love Layla. We love Layla. But I'm saying it truthfully. You're being smartassy yeah. about it. <laughs> okay. You can <laughs> shut the door. She's oh man. I'm in trouble. We can go back to playing with our GI. Boy, I owe I, yeah. <laughs> I owe her some kind of dinner. All right. Um. Best actor, Javier Bardem for Ricardo's, Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, Denzel. 
feel for like it's, Macbeth. It's going to be. Um, I mean, I would like to see Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he's great. Yeah. But I think it's going to be the Lifetime Achievement Award for Will Smith. You know, it could be. I'm going to say Andrew Garfield gets this one. Okay, that would be and nice, And I'm only saying that because I feel like between Spider-Man and uh, the Tammy Faye movie, which he's not nominated, I think he had a fucking awesome year. He did have and, a good year. Uh, great uh, stuff. Supporting actor, uh, Syrian Hines. That's Grandpa from Belfast. Right. Troy Coetzer, the dad from CODA, Jesse Plemons, Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee, who was the son in Power of the Dog. What do you think? Uh, I would say Mr. Hines for Belfast would be my pick. Uh, yeah. But I could also, I think who will win and who I would love to see also is Jesse Plemons. I think he, yeah. I, I've always loved Jesse. Right. I agree with you that it'll be Power of the Dog, but I think it's going to be Cody Smith-McPhee. Okay, the younger guy, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that his character is such a key to that movie, yeah. and he's the one that's sort of driving the narrative in right. so many ways in that. Even though it's supporting actor, I, I think he will win, and I think he should win. Yeah. Uh, for Best Actress, Jessica Chastain, Isa Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kim and Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. I think uh, tough. should win and will win. I think this is the one I'm most sure of. I think Olivia yeah. Coleman, whether we like the movie or not. Olivia Coleman, really? She's been hanging around there for a long time. Yeah, I don't know how much she's won in the past. And certainly she's been in a million great movies. Yeah. Um, I almost would pick Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Layla, sorry. <laughs> that would be an interesting Stewart. choice. Um, I could see Nicole Kidman winning again. Kind of a body of work thing. True, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, in fact, I'm going to predict Kidman, but pick Stewart. Uh, supporting actress, Jessie Buckley, Lost Daughter. Oh, she plays young Olivia Coleman in Lost Daughter, right. if you haven't seen it. but uh, uh, Ariana DeBose, she's sort of the best friend in West Side Story. Okay. Judy Dench for Belfast. Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Dog. And Angeline Ellis for King Richard. I believe that's the wife okay. in King Richard. She's really good. So I thought the young ladies were really great. Yeah, uh, they're not I, nominated, though, I don't think. I would say, again, uh, this would be my uh, should win and will win are inter- interchangeable. Judy Dench, Belfast, Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog. Uh, yeah, I, I, boy, I could see Kirsten Dunst winning. Two actresses I you like know, a Ariana lot. DeBose was also in Hamilton. She's, I think, right. one of the original players in Hamilton. And people like Hamilton a lot, and they like her. Hmm. I would actually pick... I think I'd pick, I think I'd pick Judy Dench. Yeah, she was I know she's, uh, you know she's been nominated 8 million times and won probably almost all of those. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict Ariana DeBose and uh, vote for Judy Dench. Let's skip down to documentary feature. Again, you didn't see many of these, but sure. uh, Ascension, which I talked about from China, uh, the Chinese documentary. Attica, which I loved. Yeah. Flea was that animated uh, thing that uh, I think is kind of one. Summer of Soul, Ugh. which we both really liked. And again, Writing with Fire is the one I didn't see. What do you got, Jason? Yeah, I mean, based on just what I've seen, yeah. uh, I mean, I just love Summer of Soul so much. Yeah, Summer of Soul's great. I almost think Flea is going to win because it's a, such a unique take and uh, with sort of um, refugees sort of being a little newsworthy right. with uh, everything U- going on Ukraine. in the world. Ukraine. Yeah. I, I, if I had to pick, I'd pick Attica, although, God, I love Summer of Soul and uh, Ascension was excellent as well. Uh, and I don't know. You want to pick any of these other ones? I don't bother with... Uh, I don't generally bother with animated movies. I don't either. Uh, so I don't care about those. And 
And if you want to pick any of these other ones, you can. But I mean, who knows? No. I mean, Freeze Guy, Free Guy as a visual effects. Uh, sure, I mean that would be great. A nomination. Sound. Well, you said it's not sound editing, but it's sound. Sound power, power the dog. Yeah, the dog, yeah. They, they've now made sound. I think one one thing, thing instead of two. I don't think most people understand. Yeah, the but Power of the Dog is some incredible. Because when you think of sound, you think of big action movies, popcorn sure. kind of Marvel stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I could see Power of the Dog. It's very subtle, but uh, really beautiful. So Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it. All right. I think that's going to do it for Movie Mania. Did com- you guys get enough? Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half hours? We've, I think that's enough. I think we've covered it, yeah. We're officially longer than um, most of the movies. Yeah. So, not, longer not, than Macbeth, right? Longer than Tragedy of Macbeth. We're about as long as West Side Story. But right. Jason, it's always a pleasure to talk movies with you. Thank you for having me. Joel. I know uh, just a little back uh, behind the scenes thing. When I asked Jason to do this, you were like, I haven't seen enough movies, but I don't know if you crammed at the end or I, what you did. I but, crammed a little, uh, and I also realized I'd seen more than I realized. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. lost track. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I always think it's useful when you're doing this, and it certainly probably would have helped me with like Stillwater yeah. to put it on my list would be to look at you know top 10 critics lists, yeah. the Rotten Tomatoes best movies sure. of the year or something like that. It seems like three days ago and we were talking about Stillwater, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, well, like- hey, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a, a long it's, show. No, it's good. But thanks so much, Jason. Thank you. Uh, let's plug quickly what you got going on with comedy. Tell everybody about that because you are really going places. Thank friend. you very much. We have uh, tomorrow night our tenth straight sellout in Oxford at Gravcat Brewing. Yeah. And uh, after that, we will uh, we continue on. We have a show every month, so come out to the beautiful downtown Oxford. Yeah. Well, we did Gravcat Brewing. You did a great job with the benefit. I know we Thank plugged you. it last time. Yeah, we, we had on. a great time. Joel and was uh, there. it was a pleasure to to, to do that. Show. Thank it you. Really it was nice. great to help everybody out. That if you don't know, we did a benefit show to help the victims of the Oxford High School shooting. It's a great time. Oxford's making a comeback. People are happy and smiling. That's all we care about. So thank you, Joel. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, Jason. And thanks to everybody for listening. It's uh, always fun to do Movie Mania. Uh, We're glad you could join us again. Uh, Corey Hall, we miss you. We know you're here in spirit. God bless you, Corey. He would have loved Paul Thomas Anderson. He'd be be (laughs) screaming at me about uh, licorice pizza. I I thought of him when I said I saw Catherine open for (laughs) NXS. I was waiting for lightning to hit me. God bless you, Corey. Yeah, we miss Corey, and uh, Movie Mania was certainly one of our favorite things to do, and uh, we're thinking about Corey Absolutely. as we think about the best movies of the year that he didn't get to see any of. That's right. But uh, he certainly would have liked some of them. And, and thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks for putting up with me and uh, sort of the erratic schedule of Joel Radio with the <laughs> pandemic, not really able to have guests around or that not being safe. And, you know, last time we got Jason to come to my hotel suite which and is, record with me, which, which was fun. Unusual. And, uh, we had We had cocaine and everything yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a great a real time. hotel party and uh, but we're going to try to get more on a regular schedule i've got people lined up that want to do the show virtually and all kind of stuff so nice. that's another uh hurdle i've got to overcome technically but hopefully we'll do that and we'll see plenty of jason back here on the show <laughs> Thank thanks you. for listening to joel radio we'll catch you next time Lip. go see some movies people god bless good Thank stuff you. good stuff